This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's corporate cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Play long. Get to a bit where it's me. No, let's. let's, let's it's not about you. Yeah. It's not about you. It's, about it's, it's true. It says true, Geordie, my guy. And then at the end, he just sort of goes, and Lawrence. <laughs> so, got our own song now, mate. You, have, you could, have your own song. Well, he made out the comments that we get. So, yeah. a lot of yous might be in there if you search for it. It's out there. In future, I'll be really Shout handy that, if, if you could post more lyrical comments. That would be great. Yeah, sort of, something that is a bit more usable for him yeah. next time because he seemed to struggle somewhat through that. He had mm. actually put his own comments in there, which was not a bit once, of a letdown. Yeah, not once did he include the word liberal or cuck <laughs> in the whole thing. And that's what I was really impressed by. So. <clears throat> Congratulations! It's, you've got a you've got a hit song. Uh, iTunes, mate. Yep. Download. Um, thing is, we haven't really just had a podcast, just me and you for a while. Good point. A lot of celebs on and all that, you know. S- Nick Yaris. I he mean, was, a lot of people love that podcast. Yeah, I loved making it. Like it, it was literally. I didn't give a fuck that the cameras were on or anything like that. It was like, all right, I'm I'm sitting next to someone special, someone different. Thank you. Oh. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, a lot of people have been raving about it, saying greatest podcast ever. Well done, Nick. It's like, don't forget the person who did the legwork to bring up these. Mm. Yeah. yeah. All my idea. So credit where it's due. And, and then also some people putting in the comments below, how am I now supposed to click on super crossbar challenge after, <laughs> after watching the, this? No, he did like, there was a few points where um, someone made a couple of comments saying, you can tell Jordy's just sitting there thinking, Oh my god! Like after a few oh things he god. said, oh he god. did drop a few truth bombs. Um, yeah. during but not that. aggressively. No, it, it it felt at times like I was sitting next to like Martin Luther King or someone like it, that kind of speaker. Like it's such an amazing He's quite speaker. Inspirational, yeah. yeah, it was like fucking hell. Like it, it it had had an effect on us for a good week after that podcast. I remember just going around thinking. I just need to be more positive, me, like, like yeah. just in general. Yeah. It, it had a lasting effect. Yeah. And then you did the hangover and you thought, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> fuck death row, fuck all that good yeah. message shit. Yeah. Back to being just a know-nothing football fan. You do sort of get sucked back in, though, to that sort of daily... Re- yeah, it's, it's hard to repeat it to yourself, like, be positive, be nice out of people. Because, like, within 10 days, I found myself going back to being that arsehole. Yeah. And I'm like, stop being a miserable twat and drag yourself out of bed with you. Um, 
But I think it's one of those podcasts that I'm going to re-listen to a few times, and I'm really proud of that, actually. Yeah. Well, um, you should be. He was a, he was a great, a really lovely guy as well, wasn't he? Yeah, a few people were like, is that, was that just the way he was when he was on camera? But no. literally, he's always like that. It's mm. not an act at all. He was like that the whole fucking time. Yeah. It's been interesting to see the contrast of guests over the last few weeks. Yeah, we had KSI on. That was different as well. KSI was definitely uh, different. To be fair, people don't realise like he's actually one of the nicest blokes, like off camera as well, like so sound. I like to think we started what ultimately was a complete blackout on social media. <laughs> we we really should go blackout as well. If anyone doesn't know, like KSI and the Sidemen that blacked out the blacked Twitter, everything out. Uh, like they're going through a transformation of mm-hmm. sort. He did an interview on. On Keemstar's channel, yeah. um, basically just saying, I'm sick of the bullshit of YouTube and I'm I'm done doing things that I'm not proud of. I want to do things that make me happy. Sure. He, in a roundabout way, he kind of got that message across. And uh, yeah, fair play to him. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does do because it, it's clear, like as he said on our podcast, he's it's a character to a degree that he's been playing and he wants to do stuff that's more true to himself. Yeah, it's quite a weird one, isn't it? Because it is. Um, it's. It's also that I think a lot of people think of you as a YouTuber. If you're a YouTuber, you're a fully formed product, mm. and you're you're just that. That's mm. all you are. And then at any point, he's going through this change. I don't know. He's twenty something now. He's going through similar changes. Most people just go through those changes off camera. Yeah, and he's obviously doing it. In, but now he's in a position where it's different than most YouTubers. Most YouTubers, if they're in a character or a gimmick, they have to stick to that because that's what pays the bills mm. he's now gone beyond that where he doesn't have to be anything he doesn't want to be and he's right, like for, fuck for. it I'll just do what I'll what be I who want. I am yeah and no I am I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with that and the rest of the side men mainly him looking forward no, to seeing how those guys change up and change up they, their act yeah and if they do ever trial the putting the sperm into a cup and shoving it up a woman they make that video I want some of the fucking revenue because I thought of it first even just a tenth would make you a millionaire so if we could just get a tenth of the revenue for Geordie Um, also I mean KSI we had KSI on the podcast how do you how do you peak after that You've, you've peaked, you've peaked essentially you go in a different direction this was great we've had a great run we'll just what we want to say is we're just ending the podcast here, draw <laughs> a line in the sand, and that's it. We're going to black out yeah, with Twitter. Just the whole back, lot. back to nothing. Mm. Yeah. How would you feel if we just stopped the podcast here and just said, we had a great run, that was fine. You're frightening us now, because this is sort of, I've sort of hedged my bets on this, that this is going to take off. Fuck. Yeah. I'm actually thinking about getting one of those things, you know, where they can donate and, and have more podcasts made for them. So maybe we could do that. That's actually a really good idea. If you would pay for this podcast, just let us know in the comments below how much roughly you'd be willing to pay. You know, just a sort of a reasonable figure, sort of no, 75 what, to $100 what, per no, podcast. I'm not saying Nothing everyone massive. will have to pay. I'm saying they can donate if they like to help me be in a position sure. to Sure, like that thing that Hugh does where it says, buy me a coffee. A and then like you that. click it and yeah. it goes like, oh, I bought Hugh a coffee for £3. Mm. And you think... It's actually three twenty for a latte in London now. So have you really paid a full coffee? That's what I think. <laughs> You're so fucking mental. Anyway, we've got a few suggestions mm. for things to talk about the day. Excellent. And one of the suggestions, and I'm, I'm sort of, I'm thinking I might give this a go because what I'm trying to do veganism is no, I'm, I'm right. definitely not giving that a go. Yeah, ever. Not what you said off camera. I'm never giving that a go. You're, I feel like this year your goal should be to merge the person you are off camera um, and that sort of. 
camp holistic guy with the man you are on camera. Well, that's Bri Bri. Yeah. I, I saved those. You've done that video too since the last time it was just us Well, us yeah, on because own. obviously I'm trying to get um, the younger generation in and obviously a lot of the girls. Tricked them. So just be a bit more sensitive to mm. their needs. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And get a dog. Tri- how many people do you think you did trick into subscribing to you as a vlogger? And then the next time they saw their subscription box, they went, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Probably quite Five. a few, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. We got we got a few views on that. People enjoyed it. Made me acting debut. Or me, I did a... Who knows? Maybe this is an act. It's a good point. They'll never know. Mm. They'll well, never they might one know. day, ultimately, when the book slash breakdown mm. happens. Um, the book, yeah, definitely going to happen. I've actually got some stuff to say about my life, so a little bit better than most of the YouTubers releasing books. Yeah. In all fairness, Still some, though, blank pages there. some people have said about interviewing... I want to get better at that, you know. Mm. Let's. I want to. Um, the thing it is, is a weak spot for pe- you. People don't understand that, you know. You, they, they sometimes compare me to these podcasters like Joe Rogan. He's on his nine hundred and bloody twentieth podcast. Quit. He's, he's done this a lot. Mm. Not quit. Oh, why? I'm not quitting. Right. Anyway, he's Just done a lot. He's done a lot. Mm. He's obviously going to be very good. And people are holding me to that standard. And I'm like, look, he's the godfather of podcasting. I'm mm. not there yet. I might never get there going to try. Um, Good luck. But I want to get better at interviewing and, and asking the questions. So some people are saying that we should learn about your life in today's episode. Oh, is that what you want to do today? Yeah. Wow, okay, I didn't realise. Well, the, the unfortunate thing is we really, really have... <laughs> we don't have enough time. So should we just do part one of my life now? Maybe. Yeah. Do you, are you interested? What, in my own life? I mean, I am. I think people... It, it's kind of a... It's a crime that... We've asked all of these people, some more interested than others about their lives, and I haven't even asked you about yours. Mm. They've heard about the dive game. I, I still keep them some things in the dark about mine, because like you say, the book deal, save the juicy stuff for that. Best two. But What was Depalaf's really like? Can we talk about... Uh, he, actually, we went for a, a pint with him afterwards. Good He's lad. a lovely guy. Really nice. Um, yeah, not the not the evil person that most people paint. Yeah. Um, so do you want to talk about your life? As yeah, sure. Okay? You, well, you I, can ask I me whatever ask you want. You... Let's treat this as an exercise. You can use me as a sounding board for Yeah, I want to improve want. my yeah. interviewing yeah. skills. So obviously we'll start at the beginning. Mm. Were you... I was born. When you were a kid, as far back as you can remember, yeah. were you that sarcastic, narcissistic arsehole that you developed into from day one? Um, or was that something that just happened over time? Sure. I, again, I think putting a, putting someone on the back foot immediately probably isn't the way to go in an interview. Well, unless I'm just, sort of Jeremy Just let Hunt. us go with it and we can evaluate afterwards sure. how I did. Right, okay. Um, I was always a very chatty, outgoing kid. Uh, yeah. You know, people always met me and sort of were like, oh, he's... He's a one, isn't he? Mm. What a what a what a what a what a character! I imagine you to be the kind of kid who would have just as much conversation with adults as you would kids your own more, age. More, if anything. Uh, if I go to a party, the the adults are going, "Go and have a chat with the kids," and I'm going, "Yeah, but I'm thinking more about the labour policy of," and they're going. Right. I can imagine you being the one, like, go and sit at the kids' table. This is Christmas Day. Yeah. The adults sit here, the kids sit over there, and you're yeah. being like, I'm not going over there. I'm not yeah. going to go over there. And I turn to him and I like, don't listen, want to listen to what listen, they've got Mark, to say. I'm not sitting with those children anymore, right? I want the conversation over here. Uh, Were you a bit like that? I just grew up around more adults because mm-hmm. I was an only child. So yeah. I just sort of, you know, I was always around adult chat and stuff and was intelligent enough to keep up <laughs> or what I sometimes thought was too intelligent. intelligent yeah sometimes I would be progressing the conversation somebody would say slow down we're not on Foucault did you ever MP. feel like people 
were a bit annoyed by the fact that you thought oh, you were a little bit more grown up than what you actually were. I was one of those kids that was blissfully unaware that I might be annoying adults at any point. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, and still probably am to some extent, mm-hmm. you know? Like to just, some extent. To some extent, not at all. Um, I... I was a very chatty kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, always loved chatting with adults. Always, I always wanted to be a radio DJ. One of my big things was to be a radio DJ when I was a kid. Why? Was that your first dream? I think it was a what, dream what, what job. What was it about it that, that turned you on? Uh, not sexually. Not, as, not as a kid. Um, I think it was just such a big part of my life as a child that we always had the radio on. So there was always a was radio. Was there a radio DJ that inspired you? Quite a few. There were loads. Uh, I used mum used to listen to Radio Four. Dad mm. just used to listen to music, mm-hmm. and so I liked Dad's music and Mum's radio. And what kind of music did Dad listen to? Do you know a band called Squeeze? No, I don't. What were no. they like? They were sort of like guitar stuff. They did um, Cool for Cat. Did they do Cool for Cats? I think they did Cool for Cats. I've heard, I've heard that. One. Yeah, and um, and a few other songs. Mm-hmm. And he also liked you know like um, you know Billy Joel, Van Morrison, those sort of mm. guys. The kind of classic 70s and 80s artists. It was a great upbringing on music. And then I'm from Liverpool, so it was all Beatles when I was so a kid. Did you envisage that you were going to be the DJ that made everyone laugh? Or were you going to be a bit more serious and critical? I don't think as a kid you ever really go for the serious. Mm. Or, But, I, I mean, a few of my friends will definitely tell you, if you came to my house, the games we'd be playing were making a TV show or making a radio show. <laughs> yeah. So if you came to my house and I'd been watching The Big Breakfast that morning, we were making The Big Breakfast. And we're doing my own version, but yeah, only yeah. better. Yeah. And mm. so what we would, we would literally- So you were Chris Evans. I would be, no, I'd be um, like Johnny Vaughan or Chris Evans. Uh, one Johnny or the Vaughan, other. it was definitely a lot funnier in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. actually used to crack me up back in the day. He was funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was funny. Was. And so- He's still working now. Actually, I was on his podcast or radio. He had a radio show on TalkSport a few years ago. Did you go back. on it? Yeah, he asked me on it, yeah. Uh, oh, and we, and when we you got were Jordy the, here, yeah, yeah. he's a vlogger, and yeah. he said it like, like so patronising. Yeah, yeah. Because he is quite, he is a bit pat, he's a bit Every of a sarky asshole question, anyway. Yeah, he asked was patron, but I just took the time to like get my opinions out on Newcastle there and then, and then just bolted. That was it. We've got Brian here. Brian, uh, welcome back to the show. How you doing, Brian? He's a vlogger. Yeah, he's a vlogger. Yeah. Um, and so, so you were inspired by TV from day one. So you always TV and radio. You wanted to entertain people. When I went to bed at night, I'd listen to Heart FM. Mm-hmm. Now Heart FM is now capital mm-hmm. if you live in England, and you can probably get it around the world. And so my dream as a kid was to get a Heart FM show at about ten o'clock till one a.m. So basically, that's the love hour. That's the love time. Cap- I'd go to sleep. Capital FM. Mm-hmm was your dream job. My, when, because when I was a kid, it was like, that was like, wow, you get to listen to music oh. and just chat in between. And it sounds like so much fun. And so you just listen to it and it'd be like, that song was for Mark there. Mark wants to say hi to Cheryl. Cheryl's off in Kidderminster and Cheryl wants to say hi to Mark. She wants to send him a big kiss through the night. This one's for you. It's Marvin Gaye. <laughs> get up, get up, get up, get up. And would you ever like think of how people were receiving the, the the songs and that yeah and what they were up to. Do you know what we used to do before my school in the morning is we call I practically call once a week to the local breakfast show yeah. and go can you play a song for my mum and then we'd be sitting in the car and listening and they go that one's for mm. and you'd think oh, I got you oh my god this yeah. is great it's Backstreet Boys or something I remember I actually um, there was a big popular radio show in the northeast on called the Night Owls mm-hmm. and um, it was run by a bloke called. Alan Robson on the Night Owls. And he um, 
he used to play from 10 till 2am and I as a teenager the, the hormones are raging I mean literally I can't fucking sleep mate mm-hmm. I'm on Grand Theft Auto 3 I've got the headphones in I'm listening to that and I'm just robbing people killing people obviously in the game yeah um, sometimes not and um, it, he was known for being um, into like ghosts and shit and like oh, it's he'd, the he'd perfect do, time um, yeah. I think it was Chillingham Castle and things that like he'd go there and he would like I'm walking through the castle and, 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 but it was and a great sort of show this, I'm gonna t- guys I'm going to take you on a journey around the castle yeah. you're listening and he's he's you can tell it's him in his producing room being a bit piss takey with the local old woman who thinks there are ghosts yeah. and so they sort of go along they go we've got Jill here Jill uh, you, you say you've seen a ghost in the castle <laughs> You're going to take us to the room where you think you saw the ghost. And they go, call now if you've seen a ghost. And there's all these mentals at about 1am going, I've seen a ghost. I'll call him. <laughs> and it's the best time. See, and you then, get everyone with bipolar just yeah, picking the phone up. All the insomniacs and, and basically mental mental people call in. And that's why it's the best radio show. No, it, I loved it. And um, it's a shame that uh, they haven't been in touch with me to support what I'm doing now. But, yeah. you know, I've had... I've had very little support from the Northeast media. So very little. I mean, you went viral. That was probably what pissed me off. Where's the surprise? Um, yeah. But yeah, I used to love doing that myself. So um, just a tip. Um, just a tip. Ask more questions. Yeah, I'm, I'm making it about me now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so out of your mum and dad, yeah. when you were younger, you, you said that they separated. Was that when you were really young? Uh, no, I said I sep- they separated a little while ago. But I, don't but I remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was like four. Um, All right. So I think it was four when they finally separated. Wasn't really. I was aware of it, and and I was sort of like, and I was told it was sad. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? But But you didn't know it was sad. I was a bit like, oh, that's okay. You know, like, well, if it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So did you? <laughs> well, we're all adults here, did, and then <laughs> we're all adults here. I mean, and then you turn to your mum and dad and go, "I think right. it's best for both of I you." I think it's best for all three of us if you two <laughs> break up. <laughs> I'm unhappy as well. I just want you both to know. I'm thinking of moving out. I'm. Oh, my comment is, I'm just surprised it took you this long. Yeah, exactly. No, they they were both, and uh, you know what, they both they were both very um, nice to each other. It wasn't really like a horrible divorce or anything. Did you stay too. with mum or dad? Stay with mum because dad didn't um, dad didn't move straight out into a house, mm. and also I think that they'd sort of they worked out that he was better if I did live with. You know, they say there's a good time to live with your mum and a good time to live with dad. I think when you're younger, it's probably better to live with your mum, and then as you get a little bit older, as a boy, you grow a bit closer to your dad for a while boys in the hood the classic uh, sure That's yeah, yeah. That. and so then when i was like 16 i moved out and lived with my dad for a little while and then went to university do you think that sort of helped you in like you say becoming a man do you think that's good to have a dad at that age to help you i think dad my dad was actually uh really like if i can give one piece of advice to dads or any parent from from like a child side mm. i think it's not to be like not to tell your kid what to do but sort of be there when they do make their mistakes mm-hmm. so that you can sort of be there and sort of be like, oh, well, what are you going to do about like, that? Look left and right before crossing the road. Yeah, which is very different. In which case, do tell them. But then as a modern adult, I was helping dad cross the road. So, um, <laughs> no, no, um, he was a great, he was a really good dad. He yeah. is a really good dad. Yeah. So uh, we would go and do, you know, on the weekends, I'd see him on a, like a Tuesday night. We'd go see him. We'd go swimming. We'd go, you know, to the movies, all those sorts of things. So you did, you got a lot of memories then. Oh yeah, Which great memories. Good. Dad and I would always go on holiday. That's one of my regrets about life as, um, yeah, I'm making it about myself again. No, no, but we're, just, still, we're just talking. It's relatable. The one thing that I feel like is a bit of a regret about my upbringing, because my mum and dad were separated, but like I did still get to see my dad. I mean, there was periods of time where I didn't uh, for whatever reason, but like memories-wise, mm. we never did anything, like ever. Yeah. Like 
it, we just never, like I literally I, it never kicked the ball. We never went to football. I never went to the movies. We never went swimming. Hardly did anything ever. Never went on holiday. I've got literally no memories with them yeah. at all. The only memories I've got is sitting on the fucking couch or something. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? So I think do shit with your kids because yeah. when your brain's in its formative years, events are what you remember. You don't. You tend not to remember just sitting on the couch. But you also take so great just, meaning from those events. Yeah, you know because I mean? so your like, brain is like, wow, this is amazing. He's giving me this or yeah, she's exactly. giving me that, you yeah, know? Yeah. That's why presents really seem to stick out in kids' minds as well. Like, Yeah, weirdly, because now, I mean, actually, no, presents, presents do stick out in my mind. Presents still. don't really mean anything to I me now presents. that I can afford to buy myself things. But at that age, when you have to wait for this day and you you think in two months it's Christmas, that's when I'm going to yeah. get it. And, and I'm going to mum going, are we budgeting for this PlayStation or... <laughs> I wasn't that kind of child. Uh, you, you are obviously always. Uh, you don't ever strike me as the type of bloke who likes being told what to do. You like being in control. So did, even did, as a kid, did that frustrate you as a kid when you had to relinquish control and, and be told at times, "No, you're not doing that." I think I would always give my give control to dad because he's got a, like a quite a fatherly figure. So I was quite happy with that. I was you quite mean he's a natural of, dad. Yeah, yeah, I was quite um, I was quite easy with my parents. But then my first ever. Um, <clears throat> my first ever school report in primary school, the teacher's first thing they said was, uh, Lawrence is, uh, Lawrence is, Lawrence is seven going on 40. Yeah. Like, uh, I was the only kid in the classroom that understood what sarcasm was. And mm-hmm. so when a teacher was sarcastic to a kid, I turned around to him in the class and not, that, and I just sort of went that, that was a bit sarcastic. And she literally went, what? And I was like, you know what sarcasm that is? Was, you, that, that was sarcastic. You really shouldn't be. And, and so that was quite, f- for me, that was like really great. Cause it was like a superpower yeah. in a way as a kid, be, being able to be sarcastic or understand that is like a bloody superpower to yeah. a kid. Cause you can say something and the other kids like, what? And you're like, see ya. And then you're out of the room. And I, but I, that was the thing for me was we grew up. I, I think one thing I definitely owe to my family or both sides of them, even though they're divorced was the, the comedy side of things Like they had great taste in comedy. So I grew up with like Monty Python. Um, what, what, what was your favorite Monty Python? Did you like the life of Brian by any chance? I didn't like any of the movies. There's actually something which oh, isn't so, I mean, I liked, never the, mind. I liked the movies, but my favorite one. So I love the life of Brian. I loved, I love those. I love watching those as a kid Yeah. and we'd watch those. And then I just try and make people laugh by repeating those lines. Of course. Uh, and faulty towers was amazing. That mm. wasn't, that wasn't Monty Python, but it was John. Cleese. And then there's one called how to irritate people. Mm-hmm. Which is basically... Did you write that, did you? I think, you know what, I did take a lot from that as a kid. <laughs> sick. And, it, and And there's just some great lines in it where it's like how to really irritate the mm-hmm. hell out of... And I watched that maybe ten times. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. I just watched what it. What was in it? Like what kind of things? It was, Can it you was remember? Thing, there was a sketch about a car guy who keeps... Um, who So essentially there's this guy who... He's bought a car from the dealer. Mm-hmm. The, he then goes back to the dealer and says the car's broken. And in order to annoy him, the dealer always says, well, like I say, bring her in, we'll have a look. And he's like, well, I have bought her in and we are having a look. And the guy's like, well, I don't have any time now. And he just keeps going around in this long circle. Yeah. And then it's there's like, junk. It's like you when I ask you to edit something for us then. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Exactly and I just and, and I say, well, like I say, send it over. I'll have a look and I'll get it back to you. And you're like, well, I have sent it over. And now you are having a look. It's exactly like that. And so, and, and it's basically, uh, and then, oh, what else was, and then John Cleese was just really rude to people. And so I picked up this and then just started to not be rude, but just be really straightforward with people. Mm-hmm. And it got me into so many great situations. Mm-hmm. 
Like uh, I once ended up for some reason on the, the the stage of my town hall dressed as the mayor. <laughs> Whatever. Just because the mayor had given me a tour of the town hall and I'd gone, uh, he's shown me a picture of him and, and I was like, where are your robes? And he was like, oh, I don't wear them in this picture. And I was like, well, you're not a real mayor then. Like you're only a mayor of the town if you have the robes. So he, like, in front of the whole town, he like brought me up and was like, oh, now you can be the mayor. And I was like, sick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm standing there like full mayor. I remember when I was I um, I threw you. when I was younger, and I first heard about the life of Brian. Mm. I was like eight years old, and someone mm. like, "Oh, life of Brian, you'd love that." It was, mm. It's about you, and I'm like, "Oh, but I watch this then." And I was really young Ego, to be watching triggered. the life of Brian because there's yeah. like a lot of nudity. There's nudity. There's also a lot of like complex political things in there, which are still relevant now, like yeah. the People's Front of Judea well, and stuff. It is is very. It's it's obviously a parody of. Um, they've taken the story of the Bible and just twisted it, and like basically, when baby Jesus is about to be born, a few doors down, there's a baby boy called Brian. Yeah. And the three wise men are there, and they get the wrong house. Yeah. And then they t- and they come back, slap the mother, and take back the gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and it just basically goes from there. It's absolutely insane. It's incredible. It's one of my favourite films ever. Mm. Uh, even even the, the song at the start, Brian, yeah. the babe they call Brian. Do you sometimes uh, just play that in your car? Sometimes I'm thinking about, I think about having that as the new outro music. Cause, but we've already got, true Geordie, is my, my guy. guy. So, yeah, which is in many ways as sarcastic. It's, yeah, pretty much. But um, I love that film. If, if you haven't seen Monty Python, Life of Brian, you have to watch it. And The Meaning of Life. And just go through the whole series. But it's Life a shame of Brian's the best. Um, I just want to say that right now. It is the best movie. It's considered the best movie. That and The Meaning of Life are two. Blessed are the cheesemakers. Yeah. And also where he takes his sandal off. There's so many good bits where he's like, he's taking his sandal off. We must all take our sandal off. And you're like, oh, it's just so it, it makes you think, though, because like, so basically they were the, the first comedians to really push the boundaries. Mm. Like, that happens so often now, but it was unheard of back then. I mean, Religiously, they, at least. You weren't allowed. I'm pretty sure it was banned from cinemas at points. And yeah. Or, or people tried to get it banned. And the weird thing was as well, and that's what I really loved about it, because actually as a kid, I remember from a very young age being like, I don't believe in God. I just yeah. don't, it just didn't make any sense. So that happened to you at a young age? You just never believed? Yeah, I was really good at paying lip service, but I, I remember... Did in, you go to a religious school? In secondary, yeah, but in no. primary, no. But in primary school, the teacher in my first year was the same one who was sarcastic. Um, she gave a whole assembly about how footballers shouldn't hug. And wow. I and and I remember, like, as a kid, like as a kid, I was a bit of a, I was a shit, uh, but like a not like in a sort of like I'll hit you way, and I like no, I don't agree with that. So midway through her assembly, she basically said it was homosexual to hug another man uh, in the moment, but in a really sort of veiled way. And all the kids were like, yeah, yeah. And I remember, but also I remember other kids sitting around me and being like, that's a bit weird. She doesn't watch football. She was like, so other men should not hug men. And I just went, and she was like, and I, I was considered a good child. But I remember this moment is, uh, I, I went, I don't agree with that. I think men should be able to hug men. And she went, stand up. And I had to stand up in front of everyone. She went, Lawrence, I'm very disappointed. And it's, I had to stand, mental, I had it, to stand up for the whole assembly, basically because I didn't agree with her homophobia. There's nothing... It's not like they're fucking wanking each it's, other off. What, and even you if you don't know what happens... To, yeah, behind closed doors, you don't know what's happened. You don't know what... Hugging it, might it lead to more. Her, though, because women don't... It's, it's normally men who, who, are, who are the ones 
to have a ma- major issue with um, homosexuals, mm. right? Because they threaten them. Yeah, well, no, it's just, you know, it's usually men who are a little bit, oh, God, that's a bit much. Not even that they hate gay people, they're just a bit frightened, like, oh, this is a bit much. It's like, different. Do you know, like... It's a bit much. Uh, no, but, like, I've met some, like, proper hard-nosed, like, 50-plus-year-old men who, like, if you hug them, they have to pat you on the back. Yeah, you gotta, yeah. you got to have the old pat on the back because yeah, yeah. you've got to let each other know. Like, Otherwise, this is, you might be butt-fucking at midnight. This yeah. is a straight hug. Do you yeah. know so there's men out there who are a little bit uncomfortable with it, but it's very rare that you see a woman be uncomfortable. And, and if they do, they never they, like put themselves out there in the middle of a mm. fucking assembly mm. going, don't hug other men. Mm. She was obviously an absolute psychopath. Well, I remember I got home and I told my mum, and mum went, well done. <laughs> well, yeah. But, but no one else, like everyone else at school was sort of like, when, I remember as we filed out of assembly, everyone was like, ooh, you've done something wrong. But she couldn't punish me, because if she punished me for it, it would have been, essentially she made me stand up, but there was no one else around. But the fact that she even was ignorant enough to come out with it is absolutely mental. I mean, she's got a point. Hugging other men in public could lead to... You don't know what's happening behind closed doors when two men in public... Spooning leads to forking, yeah, and as then, they say. and that forking leads to possible sin. Uh, actually, you can admire another man... I'm surprised that we haven't had more um, like footballers and, and, and stars of what would be classed as heterosexual sports, like mm. MMA and things like that. All of them, really. Come out as gay. Because it, it, it's literally like... All right, if I don't know what the statistics are, but I, you're guaranteeing if you're watching a game of football, there's probably one man on the team on, on either side who's gay. There's definitely someone in the there's, there's definitely men in the Premier League who are without a fucking doubt, mate. Without a doubt, I hope so. So I'm, I, but I think we're now living in an age where it still requires a lot of strength and and, and a lot of balls, no pun intended, to come out and say, yeah, I'm gay. Yeah, right. I thought we would have had it by now. I thought we would have had it. I'm definitely. I mean, Bri Bri might say something, but I thought we would have had it by now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's surprising that it is still in sport Uh, such a. Oh, God. I think it's just. I think people would rally around that now. We're in an age where people would support whoever came out. I think maybe privately people do, but I think publicly some people don't because maybe some people aren't ready for that. Maybe we might say football, I retire in the next few years and then do it when he doesn't have to play in front of the crowds and take as much shit. Do you know what I mean? It it would take real bravery to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's also something which people can just reject and kind of, it could make team dynamics difficult. Not that it should, yeah. but I'm saying it, it could. When you were a kid, were you aware of what a gay person was? Oh yeah, and totally. Yeah. So yeah. you knew yeah. all of that, did yeah, you? Yeah, we knew. I remember when I was once, um, <laughs> I was watching, uh, it was one of those Australian soaps that uh, my grandparents used to watch, Home and Away Our Neighbours. And, um, and I think it was Towdy. Do you remember? Oh, do you remember yeah. Toadie? And he, Toadie wasn't he, gay. He comes out and anyways, he, he says to one of his parents, "I'm gay." And I'm, I remember just watching, and I thought I'm, I might have been about eight years old, and I, I'm like, well, "What the fuck does that mean?" Yeah. And I look at my granda, and the whole and the whole like family are there, and I go, "Because my granda Shit. to me was like the fountain of knowledge. He knew everything. <laughs> do you know what I mean, granda? What does gay mean?" Because like I'm like he, I could tell by the reaction of everyone on the show that he <gasps> dropped like a yeah. a, a, a bollock the G bomb right? this is a big thing and I'm like what does that mean mm. and um, if my granddad bottled it completely and he goes just means very happy son yeah, exactly. and, and, I, and I looked and I thought and in me in my head I thought well I don't know why everyone's so shocked about that then. <laughs> exactly and he totally bottled it but if he just said oh, it's just a boy who likes other boys yeah. and he doesn't like girls or whatever do you yeah know but then I mean? that leads to you going 
why, Grandad? And then he's like, and then it's, because yeah. some people are born... Uh, to be honest, I think I would have understood that and probably not questioned it much more. But if, it, if I'd been a young man like you, you would have wanted to know the far end of a fart and which way it blew, wouldn't you? I mean, that's probably just the worst way you could phrase that. Yeah. But um, I, I do remember saying to my parents, what do... What do, lesb- what do lesbians do? Um, what do gay people do in Yeah, general? what do gay people do? Because no, it's but, so- no, but Dad, the lesbians, I want to know what they do more. I wasn't... The- <laughs> Let me well, show son, you. I've got the um, DVD no. collection out. Um, they, so they answered. And it was, it, it, but if you do it very matter-of-fact, it doesn't seem to matter. What did they matter. say? Just out of interest. I think... Um, Fisting? No, because my mum was a sexual health nurse, so... Uh, <laughs> the, lad so- rec- the lad behind the camera when I said fisting, fisting. just like... Looked at the, the my my mum was a sexual health nurse, so she so from, I've just got to say this from a very young age. If I had a day off school and I had to go to work with one of my parents, if I went to school with my dad mm. or I went to the clinic with my mum, I would almost be like that thing that was the reminder of don't have a child. I would give out condoms to teenagers in in a bag. <laughs> I'm not even joking. The fact that you did that is so mad, but like it makes total sense yeah. to me. It, yeah. I can totally imagine you because you, you on this podcast you are essentially the voice of reason in mm. a lot of people's opinion. Can I just say um, that wasn't independent? Mum did say to, I didn't sort of go somewhere and go to mum, I think we should bag up some condoms and give them to those teenagers. There were people coming into the sexual and, health. And, and she turned around and goes, If you say so, I mean you're yeah, the boss. Yeah, exactly. So, whatever you whatever you want, Jesus. And then I would sort of walk I would sort of I I you, you in your mind you were no, but you were doing someone uh, help. I didn't you? really know. I knew what I was doing, but you don't really have any idea what a condom really does. So like, at you what know age did you understand what sex was? Can you remember that day? Really young, like like before in school. Really? The other parents would send their kids to our house to have it explained. All right, so you'd heard the explanation that many times, so many, and if over, anything, he, overhearing it. Even. Yeah, like other parents would be like, well, why don't we have a little chat with Lawrence while he's come round for dinner? And yeah. Lawrence, what do you think? And then I'd be like, oh, fine. And then tell them. See, I understood you'd pop a knob up a woman. Sure, all right, Keith. But, um, when I was like, I don't know, even like ten years old, I knew that that's what happened, but I couldn't work it out. Like, I didn't, I couldn't really understand it. Do you know what I mean? And I, I, I knew, understood the science of it. <laughs> yeah, like I knew, I knew all the logistics, yeah. but I didn't understand why. I didn't to- remember to spit on my hand and rub it on her yeah, first. No, I didn't no. know any of that. No, I, although any, it, to be fair, to be honest. If you are a parent and you're telling your kid to do that, there's something wrong with you, all right? Oh, fucking hell. Imagine well, first that. of all, daddy spits on his hand and then... Why Why is daddy spitting on his hand? Well, there's often the need for some sort of lubrication for... Why? Well, it's just that it needs to be able to slip into a very small, sometimes larger, sometimes tight, though. It, and then the kid's like, why? And you're like, it's just, you'll, you'll get it one day. And what you'll understand is you will make it happen no matter what. <laughs> Faucets. Now I love you, son. Good night. Deep inside. But that's the thing is, you don't get it as a kid because you're sort of like, well, why girls are? Ugh, why would you? On. So yeah, I remember from an early age, um, not not understanding sex or having sexual feelings, but there was always that thing about girls. Like, ooh, yeah, I, I, I guess that. I sort of had that as well. Like when I went to nursery, I was I I was um, I was always like quite, you know out there with people mm-hmm. so I think people always thought I was like a bit of a wee I can imagine you having more friends who are girls than what a boy like me would have done I think you would have mixed in both circles oh definitely mixed in both circles and not, uh, not yeah, have been like, bothered like whereas me, it was very much like I don't talk to girls I go out I play football every dinner time and then I look at the girls 
And then because when they do, when they like, you know, when girls would do that thing to get attention in that way, they'd like do handstands against the walls yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And you'd look yeah. at them, but I wouldn't talk to them that much. What is that? And I remember when I was younger, um, there was a girl who a lot of the other boys like didn't really like. Liked. And oh. I, I kind of liked that. What was wrong with you? Why? Um, I tend to just, I don't know, I was like the girls that you shouldn't like, I guess. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this girl, there was nothing, she, she turned out to be a very good looking girl, there was nothing wrong with that, but for whatever reason, the boys are taking a dislike to her, so you couldn't, you couldn't go against the lads, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean, when you're a young lad, so I had to like discreetly be like, all right, and it's like, and then I remember one day, I'm sitting on a table just, just like this with her, and we're doing my work, and I'm like, and I noticed she was next to us, and I'm like, Oh, she's there, and like I'm starting to think about, and then I thought, how do I like tell her I like her without actually like making it too obvious? Hit her in the face. And this was like, um, I didn't, I I wasn't in high school, so I wasn't even eleven yet. I must have been about nine or ten. And I just sort of moved closer, and I just rubbed my leg up against her leg. Great early sexual harassment. (laughs) Um, And like, and then she looked at us, and she went, and and then I just pulled my leg back, and I'm like. I don't know if this, I've got the green light here. I don't know what's happening. I haven't, I don't really, I'm in over my head. I'm in over, I'm in way over my head. Shit, what am I doing? Shit. So I'm like, just do it again. Cause she didn't, she didn't freak out. Good she point. definitely reacted a little bit. She, what was that? But she didn't freak out. So let's just test the waters. So I put my knee up against her and then I just rub it up and down. And then she looks at us and she smiled. And I thought, he's done it. <laughs> he's nailed it. Yes. Um, and then after that, um, we sort of started talking after school, like walking home together. And uh, and then when I was in assembly, um, with her, we have to listen to all that bullshit that they spill out. Um, I'd sit all next that, to her, but I'd still not want the lads to know I'd crossed over to the dark side. So um, I would sort of like cross my legs as you would and then put one of my hands through like a hole in, in like, you know, like in between your legs, there's like a little, like, and then hold a hand. Brilliant. So like, yeah. And then we ended up kissing or whatever. And was she okay with you secretly holding her hand? Yeah. Um, I mean, I was just a man of mystery from day one. Do you mm, know what I mean? So yeah. it was Very accepted. Here's Brosnan-esque. It was accepted. And um, she turned into a very leggy lady, actually. Mm. She must have been about 5'9", five, 5'10", five, actually. By the, when she was fully yeah. formed. Yeah. Um, but I didn't. I went to a different high school there. So then when I seen her on a night out when I was like 20, I was like, oh. Good to see you. Fancy rubbing legs? Yeah. Eh? Did she? Um, what? Did she get a go on the old big you, lad? No, did you rub rub legs? Uh, no, she had a boyfriend. It was a bit... So I was oh. like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, see you around. Don't want any of that mess. No worries. Yeah. We could secretly hold hands for a while. I'll cross my legs and you sort of yeah. stick your hand underneath. I think... But if she... I think if she tried anything like anything sexual I would have just I wouldn't have known what the at fuck at the age do. of 10 I wouldn't have had a clue but I'm just saying like, even when it's explained to you oh right this is what happens you don't really understand it until until you've done it I until suppose. you want until you're like yeah let's do that yeah yeah I suppose porn's really helping things out with the teenage lads, though. We were we were of the wrong generation for that, essentially, because yeah, uh, dial-up internet was so slow that you'd almost be like, well, it's not worth it. I thank God, though, in a way, because my expectations for what sex was going to be like, if I, I mean, don't get us wrong. Were kept to a realistic minimum. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. I mean, there was porn around and there was internet and that, but it, it wasn't like it is now where it's like literally 
as easy as possible to get. Uh, like back then, you get a thirty second clip. You'd have to wait a good, you know, ten minutes for. And sure, you'd make you that could last. Make a cup of tea. You or something in between. You could. You'd really want to squeeze every last drop out of that sure. thirty seconds. Um, but now on quick time player. But I heard I heard recently that like girls now because they girls are obviously also watching porn before yeah. they have sex and, and because, credit to them. Uh, yeah, because yeah. people don't want to go in uh, sex in, to them. It's like yeah, you get to see what actually happens before you do it. It's going to be a little less worrying. Yeah, so you're going to have a middle-aged man approach you on a couch and then try and make out with you for about half an hour. That's what sex stay, is. Stay away from plumbers, yeah. obviously. Yeah, and pizza delivery boys mm-hmm. and TV licensed yeah. men and um, other office other office co-workers. But I heard now because of that, like when girls are of legal age, sure. let's maintain that, um, they're a lot more open-minded because they have been exposed to all of this as well. Sure. Which isn't the worst thing for anyone, really. Yeah, open-minded women are the way forward. There's also things like, I think many TV shows sort of help with that. So there's like Sex in the City and um, yeah. g- Gossip Girl. I don't know any other I used names. to have a crush on one of the women out there. You know, Samantha, the dirty one. She was my least favourite. Yeah, she was a total slut. She really annoyed she? me. She was really, she really annoyed me. She just literally wanted a dick a day that last. Yeah. Because I was like, I was sort of like... Um, I used to think, I'll tell you what, she would she would bring me up to speed, you she, know, when I was young. It, probably, yeah. <laughs> she would have rode me into the yeah, fucking yeah. sunset. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. And then, but I was always more into the other storylines. Yeah. I think I related more to another Looks one. Looks-wise, out, out of the four of them, uh, Charlotte, the, the brunette, hands down. Was she the one who was Jewish? Uh, she went with a Jewish fellow, right? Sure. That was quite a sweet relationship, I thought. I quite liked that as a relationship. Um, it was very nice. I don't really remember that. I just oh, remember okay. thinking. I remember, uh, I didn't really like who, whoever, I, we probably just lost, everyone's just gone, fucking turn this shit Fucking off. hell, mate, what's um, going on? I liked so anyway, Mr. Big mm, and then Burger. Um, so, when you were younger, <laughs> yeah. what TV shows were you into? Many, what entertainment many, many were you into? TV shows. I liked Saturday morning TV. Every teenager likes Saturday mm. morning TV. At that at that point, I remember being addicted to Soccer AM. Like, I, oh, I don't I, mean like that. I, I used to love Soccer AM. I, I like I liked Tim Lovejoy at the time. I'm being like, well, when Lovejoy was on it, I mean, obviously it's gone to ratchet since then. But um, yeah. he was when Lovejoy was at his peak, the peak of his powers. He was the man to be in England. No, he people don't understand. So like, I I used to look at Tim Lovejoy, and I mean, I wasn't like you. I I never thought I would ever end up in entertainment mm. of any form um, because it's I knew funny. the only way to do it was on TV and no one's given this job in this country job on television yeah. but he had the the dream job he he was the face of like Saturday morning football he would bring out the girls in that in their little fucking tight uh, football shirts <laughs> make all the jokes the yeah. lads laughed at him Every, whatever the, the joke no matter how good or bad the joke was Tim Lovejoy would get the laugh because because <laughs> to be fair to him he could he had comic timing and he could sell it and he had lad comic timing yeah, yeah he was the first Lad of, of of TV, the TV really mm. world, wasn't he? Um, one of the first lads, one of the first cool lads, one yeah. of the first lads you could be like, I want to be like that. I want to go out on the piss with that cunt. Yeah, and now I don't want to go anywhere near him. Really? Why not? Uh, he's written some really weird stuff. Yeah, have you read his autobiography? No, it's pretty weird. I know he was really unhappy with the way things were going at Soccer AM, and that's why he fucked off. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think he sort of saw that ship. Uh, he saw the iceberg of... Uh, yeah, he was the first one. Yeah, and mm. he went, I think I'm going to get in a dinghy. Yeah. And they went, why? And he went, see ya! 
<laughs> and now it's just like literally do you know the, the end bit where um, Jack and Rose are just hold, holding on the bars yeah. just before it goes out that's Helen Chamberlain yeah. and um, what's the other lad yeah tubes I, or whatever yeah. I don't know can that, I get on the door just just no. holding on yeah Yeah. you should go to the bottom just, just while the money's still television. floating around yeah which there is some money floating around I mean that's exactly why jobs for the lads so, so I liked TV I just liked TV in general I was always sort of fascinated with TV and film and, and but especially radio um, because radio was also very readily accessible so I I went and did like hospital radio yeah you've talked about this a few times haven't you it was a passion which like I remember seeing short lived no I did it for five years did you really yeah because what you talk about is this, you just went in one day and then they sacked you two weeks later uh, so what happened was they we went to the hospital radio. My friend, my best friend from home, uh, and I, Daniel, went ex best no, friend. My, no, my my best friend. So you know <laughs> this this guy from home uh, and I were we both sort of shared. We we were just really good friends. Like we, right, we, why? We in in because from the second we met, we never had a fight. We were never. The way you say best friend, you don't just say, "Oh, he's my best mate." You go, "My best friend." Yeah, because he is. <laughs> because he's like because we 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 just got on straight away because we were like that. We sort of appreciated what the other one did and had and kind of like he wanted to be a bit like me. I wanted to be a bit like him. He was really good at football. So nothing like me and you then. Uh, <laughs> no, if anything, like we're like the yin and yang of what that that relationship is. Do you know what I mean? And so, and so we were best friends for years. And then one day I went, I want to go and do hospital radio. And I think it'd be really good if you came too. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and he was like, yeah, I was thinking about hospital radio. So we both went down to hospital radio. <laughs> Did we just become best friends? Did we? Again. And so we went down to hospital radio and it was full of people over the age of 50 who were all just sort of doing something that they thought of as charity. And so we burst in and sort of like, what can we do? And all of them were like, oh, shit. People with energy and enthusiasm. Yeah, with How annoying. Some of them embraced it. Yeah. One guy called John Hannaford Smith was, uh, he I can was, see why you remember that name. He was a classic sort of 60 to 65 year old man. All he wanted to do was do exactly what hospital radio is made yeah. for. Go and get the requests from the patients and play them so they had the music they wanted. Mm -hmm. By the way, these this music was not being played on an audio system. This music was being piped to the hospital by like a, a wire. And then around the hospital, I don't know why, they had a system of tubes which took the sound. Mm -hmm. So what you got were two tubes, not like headphones, tubes with like cotton wool on the end and you put them in your ears. Unbelievable. No wonder nobody fucking listens. All right. Yeah. Because if I went to hospital, I'd go, "Why are you making? Why are you making me put these in my ears? I've got a, I've got an iPod, a phone, and a TV in the corner. I don't need these people playing yeah. the music." We saw this as an opportunity because if no one's listening, you can make a lot of mistakes. Yeah, you can capitalise on that. Yeah, and you did capital. So we 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 burst in and like Chris Moyles and like all these big radio on DJs were our heroes, and their heroes were like. You know, radio DJs. It's annoying the 60s. though because they've all sort of gone by the wayside now, and the new breed has up. come in. Yep, us. But what happens is the fat cats, all those twats who are in in those jobs, aren't prepared to get out the way and give people like me and you a chance. So we don't get the call. We have to do it ourselves and pay for our own fucking studio time, eh? Or find someone who's going to fund that. Fucking so, annoying. So when we went in, we uh, we took a list of ideas mm. and some of these ideas were good and some of these ideas were bad. And it's amazing to see how enthusiastic you were. 
I was so no, like what else? Like because you're not like that, and like the thing is, you get a lot of ideas, and you're a very creative bloke. Many. One of the most creative blokes I ever met, right? Many. But you're you're a cynic now, and then you weren't a cynic by the sounds of it. You were so of, hopeful. I was sort of cynical. I'm still eternally hopeful about stuff. You know that I'm always hopeful. You're more of a cynic now than you were then, without a doubt. I'm I can tell of, by the way you're telling the story. This I'm, isn't what you would do now. Battle hardened. <laughs> so I walked in, and uh, there was a woman called Julie. I won't say her second name just for sort of uh, anonymity. Um, and she, I don't think anyone's going to go and fucking search her down. She was, she had the prime time slot on a Friday night. Oh, you hated her. Everyone. No, I liked her, but no, everyone you wanted, that slot. wanted Julie Frank's slot. Julie. <laughs> Eight till ten on a Friday night. Now, bear in mind, I'm 15 at this point. Most of the people in school are going out and getting pissed in mm. a park on a Friday night. Yeah. I'm going to... You've got bigger fish to fry. I've got bigger fish to fry. It's time to go practice on the ones and twos... You're forging a career. ...at Hospital Radio. This is the point where you can... Te- you I can, can imagine everyone going to... Lawrence, you, you're coming... Fr- we've got the cider. This is it. Um, you Sorry, know, we, one of the bigger kids has managed to get well a, a keg. It's going to be yeah. great. We're going to have a party tonight. It's the middle of summer, Lawrence. And you're going, I've got a gig. Got a gig yeah, tonight. Yeah, Or, you daydream? Yeah. In a way. Whereabouts? Um... You know. Do you know? Uh, do, you, do you know the Queen's Road? Yeah, w- where the hospital is. Yeah, very close. <laughs> sort of just around the corner from there. Yeah, what is it? It's like, yeah, it's a it's a gig that oh, I've got it's in, big time. in big some. Time. It's in a car park. You wouldn't be able to get in. Mm. Um, they got security there. They do actually. Yeah, the electric doors and everything. They actually do. And so uh, I had a, I had to take a pass from the hospital. Yeah. So there were two. <laughs> were, you, were you flashing the pass? Yeah, going in. Going, <laughs> when did you see around? Did you like act like you were a fucking doctor? Like, yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just here, Doctor Dre. We did park. In, we did park in the same in the same car park as the doctors. So. So essentially, we have the same status as any of those surgeons. I mean, everyone's important as each other. Mm. We all make this hospital run. Well, one of our ideas when we first went down, which was in retrospect a terrible slash probably what a YouTuber would do now idea. In fact, a lot of these ideas now are basically what I see happening on YouTube. So it's like fluffy bunnies and those sorts of things. When we went down to hospital radio, those ideas are not welcome. So we went down and we went, "Uh, Julie, we could do the weather. And she's like, they're all sitting in hospital. Why would we do the weather? And you're like... Sure. Uh, we could do this, do th- and we went through all our ideas. And she, her answer to every one of those was maybe uh, next week. W- w- was she? Time. Did she rule with an iron fist? No, she was just sort of. I think what she thought was, I can, I can make this as boring as possible for these guys, so they just won't come back. Yeah. But what she didn't realise was, I have an incredible resilience. <laughs> Yes, and, you do. Um, and when she talked, so the, the second week we went in, she uh, we walked in, and her face was almost gleeful when we walked in. Mm. It was like she'd been excited to see us, and I was like, "It's brilliant." It's Julie. Julie's like a forty-year-old woman at this point. Anyway, Julie we walk Frank. in. Daniel and I walk in, and that's my best friend. And we walk in, and we're like, "Oh, this is going to be great. We're going to have a really good time." And then we walk in, and she goes, "We need to have a chat before you um, go into the studio this week. We're not sure that we should let you in the studio just yet because uh, we've had a few complaints." Oh my god! And so we she'd were, be desperate to tell you this. And we were like, "I know what I'll do. I'll tell them there's been complaints." Yeah, what, 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 what about Julie and John? John Hannaford Smith sitting next to her, uh, just sort of like completely quiet, silent. He's not said a word. He's just standing there, just going, "Yeah." And she's going, we've had a few complaints that they, um, the, the young voices on the station were a little bit too boisterous uh, for, for the... <laughs> and Daniel and I are sitting there going, oh my God, this is 
Oh God, weird. I can act older. I can sound. Yeah. Wait there, wait there. Just let us. Oh no, I'll, I'll be, I'll be like this next time. And we remember, we were, go- we went. Oh no, and she was like, so we think it's. I mean, why don't you try another radio station? And we were like, and I was like, oh, it's my career over. There's, this is the end, Julie. This is it. Like, and Julie, she's like, just don't come back here. And you're like. Okay, she's like, so I think it's best you go home this week. And we didn't want to go back to our parents and go, like, we'd, they, we'd been dropped off 10 minutes earlier. And we didn't want to go back to our parents and go, then let's Knowing go. how you were as a young man, you were obviously buzzing about this and probably, and I know you, when you get your hands on an idea, mm. you do not shut up about it. I was so excited. So you will have been telling your, ma- your mom and dad, yeah, yeah. who will, everyone who listen, yeah. this radio show, it's going to be big. It's going to be, it's gonna what be it was, was it was a really great, really great place. You wait, you wait. We're on hospital radio now. Capital mm-hmm. will come calling. I'm not joking. I still get great pleasure and when then, I listen to mainstream songs, and when the music plays out at the end, I think about what I'd say at the end of mm, it, leading out. Do you? Mm. But that's now our uh, one of our associates' friends' jobs now. Isn't it? R- Roman, Roman Kemp. R- yeah, Roman. Yeah. If your dad had been any senders, you might have got the job. Good point. Unfortunately. Or in Either um, or. Or if I'd have been a decent enough mainstream presenter. Well, to be um, honest, all you Roman's need, on ITV judging by now. it, no offence to Roman, is a good agent. Um, you do need a good agent. You're right. That's yeah, one yeah. thing I'm, I'm learning a lot about YouTube. I've seen a lot of people getting amazing things and I'm like, have you watched his content? Yeah. Good agents are everything. And also uh, just having someone who's young and malleable enough and just mm. sort of being like... A oh, sponge. Just, yeah, essentially someone who just soaks everything up. I'll tell you what, I know this is totally irrelevant, but I had a really weird moment this morning. Mm. Uh, got a taxi to uh, the train station. Um, I get in the car, plunks me back down and um, the driver goes... <sighs> And I can I can hear he's like pissed off about something. Another Muslim. And uh, <laughs> I wouldn't care, you know. He did have a moan about them. Right, really. okay, there you go. <laughs> anyway, um, he turns around to us and he goes, "Where are you going?" I went, "Oh, Central Station." He went, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" And I went, "What?" He, got, he went, "There's roadworks going on before that, and I've just noticed you're paying by card as well, so that means I'll not get that cash for another two weeks." I'm having a bad one today. Mm. And I'm like, I felt like I literally, if it wasn't for the fact that I was late for the train, I would have grabbed my bag and went, fuck off, mate, will you? Yeah. Fuck off. This is his job. Yeah. <laughs> literally. I don't get when cab drivers go to you, oh, I've t- terrible day. I've had loads of terrible people in the back of this car. You're like, you realise that your job is essentially to take strangers from A to B. Yeah. Maybe even C. He was moaning about the card service and I'm like, I'm going to London, mate. You better get used to it because it's fucking taking over down there and everything that happens down there will come here about 10 years' time. Down there. Uh, doing there. Doing you there. never guess what they got down there. Yeah, you can uh, You can pay with your watch. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> you oh. kind of believe it. But anyway, yeah. so you take over on the radio. You eventually, at what point did you decide? Julie left, by the way. So so what, she was gutted when oh. we turned up the week after going, we can change. You can train us to get to the way that you want. Her face, I'm still in my mind now, just going, fuck's sake. Like, literally looking at me and being like, why? She wanted that Friday slot. Well, what happened was we go down at six until 10 o'clock. We do two hours with John, (laughs) who is a lovely old man, who is a lovely old man who just sort of be like, that request there was for uh, Stacey, who's on Ward 3. Stacey, you went for 
baby love or something. Get well soon, Stacey. Yeah. Uh, some of them were maternity wards, so it was more like that's for her newborn baby or whatever. Uh, anyway, um, and so we'd be... What we did... So that was that was raining blood for what, Stacey. I'm not joking. There were songs you couldn't play. So you couldn't play like Flank, Frank Sinatra, My Way, or things like that, because that's a song to die to. Yeah. Um, and then there were people who would come down. I had the best fun in... Sometimes what was good was trying to avoid phrases which sounded like you were talking about death or anything ending. So sometimes what was good about Julie was I was quite quick with her and sometimes she go I'm just dying to play <laughs> so one week she went I'm just dying to play our quiz this week and I and I would just go you we had to grab the mics because everyone but Julie had to share a mic and I just went not literally of course Julie we're all happy in this studio and well aren't we and she was like yes I mean I just want to say I'm not literally dying and I, and I was like yes Julie not literally <laughs> and that was good it was great fun at what point right so you 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 finish your, your GCSEs. You get really good results. Obviously, brain box. Great GCSEs, shit A levels, but yeah. All right, you, you did your A levels. At what point did you decide I'm going to be a director? I mean, where did that come from? That's a really good question, actually. Um, oh, by the way, uh, so what I would say about the hospital radio thing is, a lot of people message me. I guess they message you as well and say, "What's your piece of advice for anyone who wants to get into this?" I mean, I wanted to do that at the end. Okay, I mean, but my piece of advice based you on the, hospital, the gun of it. My piece of advice based on the hospital radio thing is: it doesn't matter if your YouTube channel is big or not right now. Just keep doing it and keep crafting at it, and you'll be all right. Um, uh, that's that's not actually true though, because no, I, I know a YouTuber who I've like sort of watched for a long time will and any. is very enthusiastic. Yeah, will any? It's definitely not will. Um, very enthusiastic lad, um, and Hugh. I'm I'm no man. Oh. Fucking hell, stop it. Um, you don't know this kid, actually. I've never even mentioned it. Um, I thought we were best friends. No, Dan's your best friend. Right, no, good point. Daniel. So I've watched this kid for a long, long time, and God bless him, he really is. He always uploads, he's always trying. And I I must have sat him down about 20 times Mm. and explained, Mm. you know, if you do this and do that. But he just can't seem to do anyone else's way other than his own. And... um, Let's just say four years in the game or whatever, because he's been going at it for a long time, th- at least three years anyway, Jack, and mate. it's just getting nowhere. Jack, feel- it's all right. You will, you will get a Who's big Jack, chunk. Jack, mate. It's not Jack. He's right. stupid. Anyway, no, but there's a lad who's been doing it for a long time. So sometimes you have to realise maybe this isn't right for you and you've got another calling in life. What I'm essentially saying is hospital radio was never my end goal, but radio was. So the experience of doing that was good because it it made me think. I was sitting there thinking. Do you know what I mean? We haven't been offered a radio show yet. Don't yawn when someone someone else is telling their life story. Don't yawn all your way through it. No, I'm sorry. I'm just a little bit tired. I was up early this morning to get get the taxi. Yeah. Oh, fucking taxi. <sighs> oh, for fuck. Uh, so, uh, yeah, then So I where would, the fuck did directing come from? I wanted to... No, uh, uh, one thing I should also say is one good thing about my dad was he had a video camera. That makes dads great. So yeah, everyone so has my dad, actually. That, that's the thing I do remember. Mm. We've got some good home movies, yeah, yeah. which if I ever hit a million subscribers... You will release. I will release. Really? So normally people say nudes at a million. Yeah. I'm saying me singing... Very sad songs as a like six year old boy, yeah. really badly. Yeah, um, and also saying some of the drones I'm doing and stuff like that. Brilliant. Uh, I'll release those and I'll, I'll and I'll release some other stuff that people haven't seen. Then my, a million. If I ever hit a million, if I ever hit ten million, then uh, I've got uh, films that were made using um, action men. 
I mean, as the stars. No, no. Anyway, uh, I'd like to say that, but no. Yeah. So uh, where the fuck did directing come from? I, I wanted, to, a I wanted to go and do economics at university. Sure. Uh, economics, economics. Economics in Manchester. I love money. sounds so boring. It was. I didn't go. Um, and so uh, one of dad's friends who runs a big company and himself is a millionaire sat me down in a pub and said, don't do economics, Lawrence. That's boring. Economics is boring. Again, Just economics, what I said. Is, economics is boring, mm. right? You are someone who one day can pay someone who's studied economics to do the money bit for your business. Go out there and do something that's good. Go and do something immediate. Go and do something where you direct or something like that. And I was like, yeah, I'll do that. So I decided to apply for some courses in media because that was what people told me to do at the time. And it was a good idea. And I went to Goldsmiths and did media. And Goldsmiths is a uh, predominantly, well, actually very famously liberal college. It's also a, a college which... A liberal been, cuck. Well, uh, the, <laughs> say? If you, the thing is, if you said that at Goldsmiths, they'd be like, brilliant, that's a great, we'll write an essay on that. Like, they could probably go into your comments and any YouTuber's comments and write sort of whole social theories. So, all right. Um, all right. At, at what point, though, was it directing specifically that grabbed you by the balls, though? Like, what? Because, to be honest, uh, there's a few people who said to me... Lawrence is very good in front of the camera. I'm surprised mm. he makes a living behind the camera and he didn't just want to be... Because you are a talker yeah. um, and you can obviously present and do all that. What What is it about... I, I, I guess as your friend, I, I think that what you might like about it is the fact that you get to have a vision and then help everyone else understand that vision and make that vision... A reality is that what you get? Do you enjoy that to some extent? I think I like the the movie making process or like the video making process. I like to work out how a shot's going to be done and those sort of things. I think that's quite fun, you know. Mm. And then um, it's also sort of it's it is just a fun job. Like it is, it is. It's, but it's just hard work as well. I've seen you. You work very hard. You work a lot yeah. of hours. You you work all fucking day. What is the the golden nugget out of all of that for you? Is it when you see the end result and you think I made that? Or I'm, no, actually, no. Although that is quite satisfying. But I'm really, what I really enjoy is working out ways of showing people something new. So the sort of like show educating someone or like expressing something that maybe other people or I've not seen before. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And trying to work out how to tell someone something. I don't care so much about the story. Like that's why. Really? I'm, yeah. See, I would be more of a storyteller. I I I like that part of it if if I was you I'd get get out of that what? I'd get it out of that I don't think I do I think I, I enjoy the story side but I enjoy the, the telling of it more like the structure of it more and what that sort of inherently has within it which is quite interesting so the structure of things really fascinates me and I think that says way more than whatever is I think the stuff that floats in between the structure you could keep the structure broadly similar in many times in history and what floats in between that will probably be, you'll be able to match those things up. They're very similar. All right, you're talking a bit in riddles right now for so the what average I'm saying folk. Because I'm, I'm listening to you and, and I've worked with you and even I'm a bit like, I'm not sure what the fuck he's going so on. So what I'm saying you. is the medium is the message, right? So if you do, if you... What does that even mean as well, man? Just speak in English, man. Well, I... I I'd rather you worked it out for yourself. No, don't talk in riddles. Just t tell me what, what do you enjoy about directing, Lawrence? I like the structure of things and putting things structure together. Structure of what things? The structure of a story or the structure of a structure movie. Structure in what way? Do you mean like going from scene to scene? Or? So, so the way that you tell a story, <laughs> there's a lot of ways in crafting a story, right? So you can have... Have you ever seen that 70s show? 
Yeah. All right. So you know the the main guy who came out of it. Yeah. Who ended up um, Ashton Kutcher. Right. There's a point where he does um, work with your dad, Dave. Yeah. And he he asks his dad like what he does for a job. Yeah. And his dad and tries to explain going, it to yeah. him a like, hundred times, and by the end he he goes to the school and he's like he's a farmer. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and that's kind of what I'm that's feeling what you say. right now about you, like the structure of things. Do you mean stru- scenes? No. So uh, yeah. Although the structure <coughs> of a scene can express something within it, and mm. I think you've got. I think most what most people like the the surface analysis of a movie is this story is about a man and a woman and these two people fall in love but it's about how you tell that story of someone falling in love which is just as important if not more important than the actual story of love itself so what are there any movies that you've seen that really sort of inspired this Fight Club is just a, an incredible film uh-huh. because I think it's an inspired piece of storytelling in the first place because you it, what it does is it messes I really love those films that mess with the way you see things your perception so for most spoilers most of the film you're like oh this guy's seeing it from his own perspective this guy's completely normal if anything this guy's just going through a breakdown uh-huh. and then it completely flips it at the end of the film when you realise what Tyler is a little bit like The Sixth Sense in that Sixth Sense yeah. or, but then I found Sixth Sense less or The Others I, the reason I think Fight Club really spoke to me as well was because it was sort. it's like a zeitgeist film it's one for the men of that time yeah. it's like men don't have many films that you watch as a modern day man and think oh that represents something that I'm feeling and I think I was watching Fight Club at the time being like I I'm really, a fighter I'm not a fighter, but like I, I but I am in that sense. I related to the lead character who was sort of like he was a bit of a pussy. He cared a little bit more about like his job and those sort of things, and he felt he he wanted something, but he didn't know how to get there. And so I like that, and I and I think you're still, and that's why I like people like Casey and those other people because the structures of their Casey stories. Nice that. Casey nice that. He's just done a video recently. Did you see that? I one? That was good. The can't one. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah I- I like that. It was a classic of his. It's an, it's another one of his classic storytelling, not storytelling, but like there's an a few, idea. There's a few people, I, I basically put a tweet out just saying, you know, um, someone asked us who he was the other day. And before I could even think of the answer, I just said the daddy of YouTube. Yeah. Because I didn't know how, Just it just came straight off the, rolled off the tongue. And yeah, he is. And some people were like, well, what about this YouTuber and that YouTuber? It, 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 comparable in views. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand Casey has things that I would be proud of to have made. Yeah. Most other YouTubers don't. No offence to other YouTubers. It's just he makes things that are pretty epic and pretty special. And to be honest, I don't think he's the most amazing speaker. Like, it's not like he's Nick Yaris or someone like that. But what he is able to achieve with what he knows and his personality is pretty impressive. In many ways, I think he is like a Nick. Like, his equivalent of Nick is that he's learn to tell the story through the camera and not through necessarily just what he says that's what I'm saying and yeah, so, he, yeah. And, I, and I'm one thing I'm passionate about since I got into this podcast game and one thing I want to do because I was like a football ranter as people th- like said I was to start off with still be still a bit like that I'm still a passionate football fan but I, I really enjoy having people on here and asking them it's like a puzzle of I'm asking them the right questions to get the best out of them mm-hmm. and to get the best answers out of them mm-hmm. and I think like like we have got the best out of people on this show. Like we play our part and, and we and we help them as best we can. And he is a great storyteller, Casey. I appreciate mm. that about him. I think he's a great story and also idea. As someone who's able to get an idea across, and that's something I really like. And he's worked. And the the he's way I found as fuck, like. the way I found Casey was a few years ago. Do you remember the film Catfish? 
Mm. Have you ever seen the film Cat? Yeah. It's a great film. They obviously made it into a TV series as well. They made it into a TV series and that sort of trivialised it a little bit. The original film, I suppose the problem is if you've seen the TV series, you'll know what happens in the film. But the film is still a great film. It's really good. By Neve. So it's by Ariel Shulman and uh, Uh, Henry Juiced. And those guys went on to make other films and paranormal activity and stuff. Anyway, those guys have got a really good profile on something called the creators project. Mm -hmm. And there's one line that always gets me about that, which is a really good one. And they sort of say what they essentially know is that you don't need really expensive cameras. You don't need like a massive movie rig or anything though. That will help sometimes. Yeah. If a story has heart and like the piece has a good structure to it and you can, you can still see the integrity of that piece then it doesn't matter what the cameras are. You can still tell a great story. Well, we were just saying that before I come on the podcast that, I mean, I've only just bought my first proper camera for YouTube. I haven't even used it yet. Um, I have literally, we're at 381,000 subscribers as I sit here right now. And I've only ever, apart from the podcast, which is these guys bringing their own cameras, on my own videos, I've only ever used an iPad or an iPhone. Mm. Just worked out how to key with a green screen out and that was it. But like, you only need that really for YouTube, you know? Essentially, you, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you... you. It's good it, if you can do more. If you've got more, brilliant. But I'm just saying, like, personality shines through, doesn't it, on I YouTube? Think it's, it's also working out what you can do with your resources. And I think there's something really satisfying about that, like working out with your budget what you can achieve and how you can squeeze the most out of everything you've got. Mm-hmm. And I think I've, that's, I've certainly done that. And, but what I'm saying is I think I really enjoy working with you for that reason, because I think, you know, like when you and I first met, you were at a point where you, you were at your peak of your ranting powers or like the powers that you, you know. Uh, Newcastle you, were about to get relegated and I was just always pissed off about that. So yeah. every video, it, it wasn't a deliberate thing where I would think, oh, if I do a rant today, that'll bring the views in. It was just a case of, I want to give an accurate representation of how Newcastle are feeling like yeah. as fans and that, and how I'm feeling. And that was what was going on. And that was, and that was good. But I think then you'd sort of like, as soon as you peak, you can either do that or you can go down. And I think what the worry for you would have been was that after Newcastle had gone down, your relevance would have been less or people would have assumed your relevance would have been less because you're oh, in a championship. Loads of people of were saying, tweeting me saying, yeah, once Newcastle get yeah, relegated, you're, nobody. You're, you're, you're fucked. And I'm yeah. like, you severely underestimate yeah, yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. And I think then that's what I've really enjoyed with uh, working with you is that we've, essentially we've collaborated on a lot of these. So we've collaborated on the podcast. The mm. podcast is not just you going to me, uh, should we do something? And then me kind of like rocking up once a week and sort of being like, yeah, this is great, isn't it? Mm. That's been really good fun. I think we've collaborated on a few other few other videos for you. Mm-hmm. Like we spoke a lot about the Bri Bri Vlogs thing and obviously the, the Lost in Football stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's one other video, but I can't remember what. Um, and we've always sort of run ideas past each other, which I think is a really good thing. And I think that's a huge part of what I enjoy about the industry and the filming idea of things as well is, there's a feeling sometimes you get with certain people, which you don't get with everyone. Sometimes it's actually a really unrewarding process working with people. And it's people. not even necessarily people that you like all the time or anything. Yeah. Like, you don't have to be best friends to have a creative connection with people. Yeah, yeah. And it's it- like apparently the Beatles back in the day, not that I'm comparing us to them for Christ's sake, but it, it, they said that... Um, Ringo. <laughs> John Lennon and Paul McCartney would often fall out with each other. Yeah. Uh, but when they were together, they made magic. I still love the phrase about Ringo that John said. So they said, what do you, what do you think? Uh, do you think Ringo's a good drummer to John Lennon? And John Lennon said, he's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. <laughs> I was like, that's that. 
that shows a lot do you know what i mean but also but that's what i find unusual right is actually some of my favorite beatles songs are written by ringo so um there is uh octopus's garden i think was octopus's garden written by ringo i think it was either that or uh george harris no it was octopus's garden by ringo and then the other one was written by george harrison which is here comes the sun which is just Mm. i'd say if not the best song of all time It's emotionally, it's it's a really heavy song. I think it's a really, it's something that not I'll any get other. Get the guitar out again. Don't, no, get don't. the guitar. Yeah. Uh, put some drum and bass shit on that. <laughs> uh, I think it's a song that is. It's so simple and so brilliant, yeah. but at the same time, it expresses so much at once. And it's about being in the studio with a, fi- a, a fighting band yeah. and being able to see the end of the album and feeling like the sound. I think the album. one thing that I've learned about myself since becoming a YouTuber mm. is. Um, one thing that I was unaware of, but very frustrated by before I became a YouTuber, was that I wasn't being creative at all in my life. So um, when I'm going to work as a deep sea diver, I get up in the morning, bang a 12 hour shift in, you know, graft me fucking balls off, go home, a few beers, take away and fall asleep again. Yeah, yeah. The, I am literally like everything is mechanical and I wasn't being creative at all. And I always felt unfulfilled. Mm unfilled um in my life and I, I didn't know why but since being creative in my everyday life I felt just generally a bit happier and a bit more like as a, as a kid at school I felt stifled I was like I, like I'm not what the fuck am I even doing here half the time because I'm just here to remember it and regurgitate it and put it back on that piece of paper and I, I think that there's probably a lot of people out there who felt felt the same way as I did yeah. but didn't really realise why they weren't happy or and I think if more people out there were able to be creative and not just regurgitate shit and have to memorise the bollocks that school want them to memorise we'd have hap- just generally happier kids I think we just in general have happy. I think what some people do mistake for creativity is so their mistake being a YouTuber for being creative. I'm not saying you're doing that. I'm saying there are a lot of people out there who look. I know exactly what you're saying. They have this thing of, I want to be a YouTuber. Therefore I want to be a creative person. Mm. And I think very often, very often your, your creative process or anyone's creative process starts off by copying someone else's creative process Mm -hmm. because essentially you need to learn from either your own mistakes or someone else's mistakes. And it's a bit of both. Yeah. And so a lot of people get into YouTube and very often you'll find their early videos are mimicking or sort of very similar. And so well, it's I, like, I for example, that, uh, Joe Weller did a video called How to Be KSI and that was his first big video, for example. Yeah, but and the good thing about Joe is Joe's an inc- incredibly observant person. I think that mm. really helps. He's, he's very creative, to be fair. I, th- I think from, from that... But it's pers- like Cal Frazier was on a few weeks ago and he said, I'm not that creative of a guy, sure. but people like who I am. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Which I mean, is good. not a direct quote, but he was kind of saying that, yeah, you know what I mean? I think also what I really enjoyed and what I worked out early was if you can work out someone else's structure, you can work out what to how to add to it yourself. Mm. So what I had to do really early on was work out uh, the way that Chris Moyles put his radio show together mm-hmm. and all the different elements and components which went into that, which were like jingles and beds underneath him talking and stabs into songs and mm-hmm. sort of playing around with things. And... I don't know, I think you do need someone to look up to. But the problem is that sometimes people, there are a lot of people now who only hold up Casey or only hold up one vlogger and then just want to be just uh-huh. like that person. That's fine. I th- I, well, there was a few people out there who were tweeting, asking, like, how do you get into YouTube and, or how to start a YouTube channel? And I remember when I started, 
you talk about looking up the people. There was two YouTube channels I used to watch, and literally I didn't really watch many others. One mm. was Buggy2988, yeah. who, for anyone who doesn't know, is like a gaming YouTuber who just sits in front of his camera and gives you like gaming news cool and guy. opinions. And he does like a character called Francis, who is like an extreme, uh, like a like an Eric Cartman style character. He's like an Asperger's type yeah, character. He, he, yeah, he screams and he goes mental. And, um, you know, he... He's a bit of a comedian, like, in that sense. He puts on, like, an acting. And then there's also the Hodge twins, who I watch, who are, like, two gym guys who gave out advice on, like, uh, relationships and shit. But it's, like, always extreme ways of dealing with the advice. But I remember thinking, like, what is it exactly? What is the thing that these guys are doing here? And ultimately, before they come on camera, they have in their, he- in their head an emotion that sure. they want you to feel. And they're going to make you feel that beforehand, and that is the the. I just remember thinking, what is the basics? Yeah, what what is the very basic of what they're doing? And it's making me feel something. Mm-hmm. And I think good YouTubers make you feel something when you watch a video, mm-hmm. and bad YouTubers, with all respect, I don't think that they have that thought of what am I going to make you feel before they even switch the camera on. There isn't that thought in the head. They're mm-hmm. just putting some information out. I want you to make me fucking feel something if I'm watching your video. Like funny, sad, feel bad for you, whatever. Inspired. Something. Yeah. And that's every video I've ever made from that day on. I just want people to come away from one of my videos and think, I felt something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that was basically it. And I imagine as a director, you want people to fucking feel something when they watch what you do. I I think there's also a really great quote from someone. I think it's like a social theorist called Marshall McLuhan. And he says something which I thought was really interesting. He said, I don't want you to believe me and I don't want you to... Um, essentially, says, I don't want you to believe me, I just want you to think. Mm. And I think that's a really great way to approach filmmaking because I think a lot of people think about my message in, is inherent. I've got to get my message out there. It's very important. And I think on YouTube, there's a real focus on it being about the one person who runs that channel. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's like, what's Casey's message? And that's why I sort of appreciated when he did the whole Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump thing, because it seemed like a very weird thing to do. When but I at the same time, him, it's very clever in that sense. When I tweeted him think. to ask him to be on the podcast, which obviously um, he probably gets a million tweets, even even though we've got a good following, it's it's hard to get in touch with these people. If you want to retweet some of those tweets next time to help us out, that'll Give be it a try. ideal. Um, he got a lot of shit. They were calling him a shill. What is it? I don't even know what a shill means. I think it sort of means it's... Uh, like a government tool or Essentially, something. Essentially, yeah, yeah, a bit of a sellout in that uh, sense. Like you're kind of... You're they called him a sellout. A lot of people are calling him a sellout. Which that. is weird because actually it's almost the opposite of a YouTube sellout because a YouTube sellout... He's made a lot of money though from his... He was already a millionaire before yeah. he came in. I mean, he sold his Lucky HBO bastard. series and sort of uh, had the app and stuff. And now he is a multimillionaire. Mm. But uh, what was I sort of... Uh, yeah, so it's not so much about the... Um, about the... I don't, I don't care if you believe me. I just want you to think... And I think sometimes that's what I appreciate more is when someone watches a video and goes, this is what I got from it. Well, the thing is, one thing that's changed about me is when I started this YouTube channel, I didn't have anyone on here. Like, Mm. I literally, I think we hit 300,000 subscribers before I had a single person on other than you uh, when we did the, uh, the charity commentary and I was like quite protective over that I was like I don't really want to I've fucking worked my ass off to get this fucking audience like I don't really want to share it with every Tom Dick and Harry mm. um, and then what's changed about me is like what you just said 
it's not about your message. Like, I, it doesn't always have to be about my message and what I've got to say. I'm not really bothered anymore. Like, what I want to do is make them feel something. And if that's from Nick or JJ, KSI, or any, anyone we have on, I just want to get something out of it. Do you know what I mean? And that's why I'm, I'm quite selective over who we have on because I want it to be, you're not always going to have the best interview ever, but I want it to be as good as it can be every time. Yeah. And that's very clear now, or at least it's becoming more clear. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, if anyone out there has any interesting guests for her, let her know. Some people think they're interesting guests and they suggest them. Yeah. I, the thing is, they're I'm, not. I'm trying to tell different stories than what we've told before. Like, that's kind of what I'm, because someone was like, oh, d- do more like Nick Yaris. I'm like, well, if you know anyone who's been on death row and innocent for the last 20 odd year, the only person send them my way. Nick surely knows some people. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's one of them, isn't it? Like, you're not going to get a Nick Yaris every time, but that's not what I'm trying to do. I just want to have... It's not always about them having a big audience or right. their own following. I just want interesting people who are, who've done different things. And I'm contacting people who aren't... Who are just out of left field that people are going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah. But then when they come on, they'll know, all right, we'll give them a chance for Jody. Well, because essentially what it is, is it's like um, it's an unspoken contract that what essentially you're saying to your subscribers is if you subscribe to me, I'll give you something that I think I find interesting and therefore you will find interesting. Well, that's what I'm trying to do, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, some weeks we fail. This week, you're disappointed. All right? <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry about that. You don't get a guess and you just sort of go... the game, man. I'm still a baby in this podcast game. Essentially, yeah. I am. Yeah. But you've talked... You, I mean, you've spoken someone words called, for years. Someone nicknamed us Jody Rogan the other day and I got a bit... Jody yeah. Rogan, as in yeah, yeah. Jody Rogan, as in like Joe, yeah. you saw, I mean, the thing is with you, you have spoken words for years, so you're not new to speech. No, definitely not. Mm. I'm getting better. Yeah. So, in regards to directing, yeah, what would be? Where do you want to take it from here? In an ideal world, for me, like it's it's documentaries. I mean, sort of. Um, I think what YouTube lacks at the moment, and I think what a lot of people, what YouTube, there's a, there's a space on YouTube at the moment for stuff, which is insightful, educational and interesting. Mm. And I don't think there's any sort of like, what I love is public service broadcasting. I love the BBC. I love like NPR and all those guys in America. And I think they are telling you stories, which maybe you didn't realize you wanted to hear in interesting ways and taking you to a place where you feel you genuinely get something from it or you feel like it's helping you to understand something. Mm. I think a lot of people are making content on YouTube now where it's like, look, just sit and watch this. And, you know, you're helping me get to, you know, another country or watch me vlog or watch me do this or watch me do that. I think maybe the next step is to find a way of making something that's a bit more engaging and like Mm. sort of makes people question things. So... When you went to university and you were studying how to become a director, mm-hmm. what was that like? Like, did you have a good teacher or bad teacher? What, what were the people the like there? Inspired me. Um, we had we had good, really good tutors. Who, what were the other students like? Some of them were really good. Some of them were really bad. In what way? Did you get on well with them? Did you have a laugh? I got on well with everyone. Like university for me was a, a pretty straightforward process. I Did you go out and drink with them much? Yeah, quite a lot actually. Yeah, yeah. we got and drink quite a lot. I, like, every Who Saturday, I go and watch football with friends and mm-hmm. sort of like in the in the bar or in the local pub mm-hmm. or you know like anywhere like London. Yeah. I'd never I, my incredible thing when I was nine, then almost twenty, nineteen, almost twenty, was moving to London. Yeah. 
I'd lived in Burton, which is a little town, 100,000 people maybe. It's, it, it's weird because that is such a goal for so many people I meet in London. Like, they're all like, who, who, who don't, who've lived near London but not in London. They're like, mm. I, I made it to London. Like, yeah. I live in London. Mm. And I'm always like, I'm just trying to get out of this place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to make it so that one day my podcast is that big, I can have it in Newcastle and every cunt has to come to me. And that's partly what the BBC probably is aiming for, is to reach out to... <laughs> Uh, people like you uh-huh. with accents. Thank you. And so uh, I moved to London and it was just like every morning I remember waking up and just being like, I'm in London. This is just <laughs> incredible. So many people have that attitude. Yeah. yeah. And you would wake up and just be like, this Why is incredible. The, what, what about London? Is it, what's it's the magic? City, there's, there's literally the possibility of going anywhere. When you go from a town where there's the possibility of going to Subway or going to Pizza Hut and suddenly, and I'm not putting that down. You know, I really have grown to respect over the last few years is people who do want to stay in a place and build something there but i never felt i always felt uh i never felt particularly at home in burton Mm -hmm. i always felt a little bit more like wow look at the possibilities here do you know what i mean look at the possibilities in london look at the possibilities out there in the world and i wanted to go out and see those and i don't i sort of what do you think about people who have a bit more of a they just want to you know meet the person who they marry, settle down respect for that. and do, do the night or five. I think in some ways, uh, like what pushed me to come to London was a bit of, a, not like an ego, but, but like a young thirst and ego for something that I wanted to make something of myself. Oh. And it was like, it was also that I, like, you know, certain aspects of that I've worked out. Like I met, uh, I'm, you know, I met my girlfriend in London, you know, yeah. I met all my friends. Did you met, meet many girls at university? Was that a good experience? I don't think I was like particularly a player. Like I, I remember having a lot more, I remember having a lot of female friends at university, but I really also wasn't interested in... You're, I, I can vouch for you. You are, even when women like you, you're, you're a very selective. You don't just... See, there's times that we're like, you know, but, men no. in your situation would have made would have made more out of what they've got. You've wasted a lot. I'm, I'm just putting that out there. I think, well, no, but I haven't, I haven't wasted a lot because actually my, my philosophy- You friend zone a lot of women. I friend zone every woman, I mean. No, but like- Because it's like- What I mean is I know even if you weren't with a woman now, you'd still be friend zoning them because I know what you're like. You wouldn't just bang every last, like you're not that type yeah, yeah, of lad. Yeah, no, not at all, no. And, no. and that's why, like, as soon as I found, um, I, I, she likes You would have made a wicked wingman for me back in the day because, like, I would have known that you would have just cast aside a lot of women and so, I would have just been clean up yeah because as well as the ones who fall into my category who like beasts you know what i mean but that's the point is that uh, and, and so then when I, I have them all when i met my girlfriend <laughs> and now we've been in a you know we've been in a long-term relationship for quite a lot for quite a long time now yeah, you have haven't you um and um and then i was like right i found someone i want to be with like mm. that's the person i want to be with bam that's Done. that's great let's date I let's go choose let's you yeah choose you yeah so um so that was good. And, but then at university, I remember just being so incredibly outgoing and having so many friends and being like interested in other people's projects. And like, Do you know, I can imagine you going to like protests and shit when you were at uni. I did go to a few protests, yeah. <laughs> I can totally see Do you that. remember those ones where people, where people threw the, that guy threw the, uh, threw the uh, fire extinguisher off the top of the stuff. Like, I think a lot of can people... Can I ask what you protested for? Like, no, like n- not taking the piss on it. It was like, pre, like pre-government changes for stuff, like kind of like the... Uh, I think the biggest thing and the biggest thing at that time was um, the tuition fees going up. So we were against oh, that. I mean, fucking <laughs> look after the money, innit? Well, we, yeah. the thing was... Keep they them would, down. But they wouldn't 
have gone up for us. They yeah. would have gone up for the next generation. But I, so what, you had to stand for them. I don't want to. I I don't see the point in paying nine grand a year for what I got at my university. Mm. I don't think it would make any sense. And the thing is, I'd be much more inclined a year to say to someone, look, you want to get into media, mm-hmm. take a loan and invest that in your own I've got chatting to a lad who's a big fan of the podcast um, right. on the train the day. Really? Doing a degree in sociology. Was a mint young lad. Yeah. Uh, he's, like, I could tell he was hardcore because he'd come up and he was like, <sighs> and he was shaking that and he had that. I'm a bit starstruck, but once he sat down, um, I, I, I feel daft when people say that about Excellent. us. Um, but yeah, he had a right good chat with him about university and all that. And there yes, are a lot great. of lads in uni right now who listen to this. Would you give them any advice on how to treat their uni years? Because uh, some, like uni, my perception of uni is someone who didn't go. Is a kind of one of me regrets in life, to be honest. You should. You could still go and do it now. You'd love it. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. Just this big fucking meathead sat in the corner. That would be ideal. Um, yeah, one of the weird sort of late students. Nah, I, I enjoy learning. It's just I never found anything that I was like, oh, I'd love to do a degree in that. Um, apparently they're handing out degrees in social media now, and I think I, I deserve something of like that. Yep. Hand that over. I'll come and collect. The thing is, you. The thing is, you. Give probably, me a doctorate, you cunts. You probably could do something on that course and be like, "Look, this is the practical side of this course. I can tell you how to do certain." Can things. I lecture? Could I do that? Could we make a video of me lecturing at university? That would be amazing. I mean, the thing is, yeah, I wouldn't let you near young uni women, oh, but I fuck would. Me, that would be mint, wouldn't it? Yeah. Fresh. I don't think it would be a terrible idea. <laughs> Fresh. I, what are you fresh about? <laughs> fresh as... Um, what, what I do... Uh, if, if you're at university, uh, I remember going to university and being like, right, this is how my course is going to be. I think there are people who go to university and go, um, what do they do? They sort of go, oh, it's going to be just like school. Give me all the work, I'll do the work, and then I hand it back to you. You tell me I'm doing it right, and then we do the other way. Mm. Other people take this life sort of idea and sort of go, right, you know, you... Uh, you can give me some information. Mm. I'll work it out for myself. And then they go and they do something good. If you're at university, explore. Use this time to explore. Because as soon as you yeah. leave, my, you've got so many explore, responsibilities. You know, explore. Explore everything. yourself. No, but my my take on university from everyone I've met is like, basically, you're doing fucking drugs and drinking alcohol until God knows what time. And sure. you, you wake up at fucking two o'clock. Oh, I've got a lecture. Mm-hmm. Drag yourselves into uni. Barely listen for two hours. Oh, I've got... And then once assignment time comes around, then you start concentrating a bit. Mm. Um, and just I live like a rock star for three years, basically. Your focus, is more on, your focus is more on the lifestyle of it. I think you can... There is a little bit more focus on academia, depending on where you go. Yeah. Like being academic for me was, I really enjoyed that side. I really enjoyed expo- reading yeah. and exploring and doing all those sorts of things and getting, watching videos and working things out, yeah. the structure of stuff. And we also had quite a good practical Women course. are very promiscuous in those years, I, somewhat, so from what I've heard. This is all you think about when you go to uni is, is fucking and drinking. Yeah. Think- well, not because one of my mates was at uni and he was like, will you come out with the uni lot? And I remember being like, oh, yeah, all right, I'll come out. And then when I went there, I was like, ooh, I really stick out like a sore thumb here. Yeah. Like, I nearly got into a fight in the first bar what, and all sorts. What are you studying? Yeah, I nearly got into a fight in the first bar and it, it, the the girls could tell I wasn't the university guy. <laughs> like, but that makes you a little bit like dangerous. That was good, yeah, it was yeah. good. I was in. But I'm just saying I wish I'd had more nights out like that. You, I mean, uh, I can direct you to the right parts of London if that's what you want. Tonight, let's do it. The yeah. world is our oyster. Anyway, so how did you end up after getting your degree and all that in the world of YouTube? Great question, Brian. Mm. Um, 
in my early years uh, after university. No, uh, first year, first year of university, a, f- a friend of mine at the time said uh, we should go on a road trip across America and follow a football tournament over there. Yeah, sounds good. And so we went on this road trip. Mm. And it was a fucking good road Me trip. Me and you should do the same shit this summer. Uh, actually, we probably could because it's the Gold Cup. So the the Gold Cup this summer. This is our idea. If anyone else does it, you can get fucked. I think some other people have done it after, but uh, Who gives a Kick fuck? TV did it. No, but let's be things. honest though. There's quality and then there's what and we're going to bring. Yeah. So The uh, heat. So there is... Fire. Uh, so we went and did that and then the very last place I got to Miami we went from LA to Ohio to Miami mm. and then uh, when we got to Miami there was a what was it like? amazing well yeah but describe it for them uh, okay so what it was was two guys on the road who were fresh faced out of university and looking to get some practical experience in media mm. so uh, God, <laughs> what, what, a, what a premise for a movie two fresh faced guys <laughs> looking for some practical experience, experience in, in media. media this is how me and you are so different can you imagine me on the road in America <laughs> just you I wouldn't be looking for some practical, practical experience, experience in, in media. media no thank you um, I'd be looking for some of those lasses in the rap videos sure preferably you will find those yes. wherever you go bounce it on us yeah um <laughs> And so we, we, we drove across America. We had a great time. We just listened to low, we listened to like hours and hours of hip hop along the way. And like, you know, we're discussing life and all those sort of things. And then, uh, it was amazing. Like we, I saw the landscape of America. We saw like the mountains and the very long fields going through Kansas and Did you drink the cities. Much? We were quite tired on the trip, but we did go out and drink. We went out in Miami and drank. We went out in LA and drank. We didn't really do so much in Ohio because we went there very long. But then there are a few places we just sort of like mm. go out for dinner. and. Kind so of, how did you end up in the media? Uh, it's a rude way of moving things <laughs> on. Uh, what you basically look for is, is there any story where you drank or had sex? No, I'm just looking for the juicy bits. Do you know the juicy I mean? bits are, I arrived in Miami and, and it was a good trip. And then we'd been let in by the football team because the football team basically realised... These guys are driving to these places while we're flying, and it's hard enough when we fly, mm. let alone drive. So drove into Miami, and then we we end, I ended up having an <laughs> argument with someone in the press box because he was saying, "I don't think that the the uh, f- like three G pitch is very good. Players want grass," mm. and I sort of said, uh, "He said, no, the players don't mind the three G pitch." We had this argument, and he said, "You should come on my blog." So I went on his podcast and then for the next year I did the podcast and then out of nowhere I got this email from the guy who lives in America saying Adidas want people to go to an event in the UK to go and try out the new Predator boots and they were relaunching the Predator. Mm. And I went to this event and I, and I was in the same room as all these guys who had like a million followers on their blogs and stuff. It was like the original YouTubers and Twitter yeah. guys. And these people sitting in this room had sold their blogs for like, Three million, two million for a blog. A blog. Mm. They didn't have videos. They just wrote articles and a lot of people went to the website and it was seen as a a thing. And then there was me in the room who's got like zero followers and I'm I'm on one of these big blogs. Mm. And Adidas were like, You're good, you should come to more events. So we did go to more events. And over time, we just found more and more that we were getting more and more jobs. So like Nike reached out to us, but Adidas were like the main people who we started to get lots and lots of contacts and con- and content through. And then YouTube came along and it was like, oh, well, this is perfect. Lawrence can do the videos because I'd already done videos while going across America. And I, ju- I just sort of fell into it because it was like, well, this is easy and it's paying. 
And so I was making, I was going and interviewing like journalists and footballers and all sorts of things. And then in 2012, Adidas came to me and were like, you should come for a month with us to go to the Euros. And we basically went with the Adidas guys for a month to the Euros. And when I got there, they put a list of the games in front of me and went, tick which games you want to go to. And I <laughs> That's like living the fucking dream then. I, I basically went down that list and ticked every match, mm. like every match, no, even if they were playing at the same time. So I ticked everything. Mm-hmm. And then I remember like two or three days into the tournament, I woke up and uh, Rob, who was running Adidas, uh, I think he is still part of the global Adidas team, was like, oh, you need to wake up, mate. You've got a plane to be on. And I was like, why? Where am I going? And so I went and went to the airport, got to the airport, and I was on like a basically a chartered jet with the guy who runs Chelsea. I can't remember what his name was and his son and one other guy who was like a CEO of Adidas. And it was just us on the plane. I remember being like, fucking made it like this is the place to be this is the best job ever and we saw both semi-finals all the quarterfinals and the final and everything it's mad how chance just puts you in places at the right place at the right time then because i was the only person who was doing it at that time and now it's like by default really and the funny thing is yeah almost yeah literally i remember being like there's a lot of youtubers now with a lot of subscribers because they were the first guys to the party and I was the first guy to that party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. Or I was Should like, have set up a YouTube channel, you daft cunt. Genuinely, uh, yeah. But then, <laughs> then what, I'd be on your show, but, and it would but, be a lot better for me. What happened? Sponging off you. No, what happened after that was I then I I was then considered by a lot of people to be like this sort of bridge between the blog world and the TV world. Mm. So TV guys would come to us and be like, "What should we do? Like, you're a hipster blogger. What should mm. you do?" And so I started to get loads of work. And then Ball Street, the first ever video that Ball Street shot. I shot and edited that video. And you also worked with Copper and all these other companies. I, I actually, I think I edited the first sets of videos at Copper 90 as well. Oh, and KSI and stuff and like that. KSI at Copper 90 was yeah. completely my series. Like I edited all of that. Well done, mate. Well, I'm proud you made it. And then we met, and then we, and then Adam Boltwood and I met mm. on the set of uh, Football Daily. And then he went to Bolt, do Football Boltwood. Boltwood sort of got me involved in his stuff. And then me and you met through him. Skyped. Probably going to have him on the show at some point. The yeah. bastard. He's yeah. good. Mm. He's and now he works for Spencer, so he is interesting. I mean, let's be honest. Bit of a dream team, the lot of won't we? Behind the scenes, Botwood is a dreamer. Botwood's a great, a dream to work with. Dave O'Brien, do you know Dave O'Brien? Never heard of him. Yes, yeah, that man, Dave. Um, and then who? Anyway, Dave. Forget it. Forget and then it. there's also this guy called Kristen, who's a, a journalist. Yeah, he's, he's all right. Um, Anyway, I think incredible. that's your story told, mate. Do you think? Yeah, I think we could have I feel gone like in you more. Skirted over a little bit. Yeah, I, I, there's certain things I don't want to delve too deep into. We, like we, what? We leave them for future. Part. We, we don't want to tell them everything. Though. What you want is like to lay out the rough structure and then people and ask then we'll, more questions. We, we'll fill more in later. Yeah. We'll resume it because there's a lot of stuff that we haven't told about both of our lives. How many people do you think early on went? Oh, this podcast. Don't title it anything to do with me because otherwise people will turn off early. Trust us. I've got faith in them. People will log in below and go. Oh, for fuck's sake. No, but the thing is, I've got faith in them because you are interesting to these people, trust us. <laughs> and if you do that, that makes you interesting. Tony Blair used to do that all the time. Mm. Um, so he used to we've do got that. emails. That. Oh, yeah, totally. There's some great emails. We haven't done week. them in ages either. TrueGProblems at gmail.com is the email to email if you want your emails answered and your problems solved. I've had um, one message to me on Twitter as well. I'm, I might bring that out at the end. Okay, great. Uh, this first one's called Problems. I mean, that's the general idea. I'm joking. This first one is called Flowers. Um, before I start, I would enjoy if you would refer to me as Hassan. Hi there, Geordie, guest, and Lawrence. No guest this week. Can we call him Hass just to make sure. life easier? Uh, 
Uh, my name is... <clears throat> oh, wait a minute. Just because he's asked us to call him Hassan, yeah. let's not do that. Hi, my name is Hassan. I'm 16 years old and I am in third year in high school. I currently reside in the Philippines and attend an all-boys school. In all honesty, I haven't got that much experience with females. It's fucking mental how far this podcast goes, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. It, no, it is mental, that. Imagine all the pigeons that have to fly all the copies of the podcast <laughs> out to the Philippines. I know how the internet works, but it is mental. Anyway, he's he's in, he's 16, he's in high school. Get on with uh, it. In all honesty, I haven't got that much experience with females and so was shocked when I found out a girl I was, I'm into was also into me. Now, this female, refer to her as Trisha. <laughs> I couldn't think of her more. It's <laughs> quite a popular girl and is known for being a libog. L-I-B-O-G. Have you ever heard of that before? No. Libog? Libog? Or basically a slut. <laughs> is that what it means? Yeah, he has put that. Uh, we've talked quite a lot and she has invited me for some games. Um, I think she might want to get it on with me as she Let's sent me a message on. reading, I'm good at handling stiff joysticks. Uh, maybe she is actually just referring to the pro Xbox controller, which you can now It can to. get a bit tricky. Now, this came as quite a shock to me, uh, as seeing as I'm only 16, which is legal in our country. Here lies the problem. I have absolutely no intention of having sex in high school because I'm quite the philosopher. <laughs> I'm not joking. That's what the sentence says. What I have I have absolutely no intention of having sex in high school because I'm quite the philosopher. Well, philosophers don't fuck, do they not? <laughs> I don't think they do. <laughs> so I'm quite the... I'm not joking. That's so funny that people think I'm smart, therefore no sex. Yeah. Um, although there is Einstein something inherent... Famous, famously. Famously? Celibate. Loved, oh, what? I thought he um, had sex with Marilyn Monroe. For some reason, I've got it in my head that Einstein had sex with Marilyn <laughs> I don't Monroe. Think so. I think that, that was JFK. Yeah. Weren't they the same? I believe that by agreeing to have sex, I agree to uphold any and every possible consequence, including having a child. Wow. Having been in, now, being in the Philippines, we have no abortion, right? And I don't think I can accept the risks involved in having my first sexual experience in high school. I don't really want to have a kid at my age and have always said that I'd reserve sex for college, even though you're quite the <laughs> philosopher. Now, the hard part... You're going to college now. You yeah, can have sex. Yeah, fuck all you want. You've done all that time in high school. Oh now, the God. hard part gets here because Trisha is incredibly hot and like a certified 10. But I've explained I don't know... Uh, if I should do it. There's many more reasons why I'm sceptical about proceeding with this because, uh, for one, I know that she's already been deflowered. Wow. Why would that stop you? This comes as a threat to me, right? Because I have zero experience in sex and I have no idea about who did her last. Wow, this guy is just putting it all He's out He's so there. strange, isn't he? I'm quite conscious of my body and I'm probably about a five for most girls like her. And I don't know if my penis is a sufficient size. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, this guy's writing from an alien perspective from another planet. <laughs> is my penis of sufficient size? This is because <laughs> I exterminate. This is because I have quite a small penis in comparison to the average white man. Oh, God. Being in, in, in Asia, um, I have quite an average size penis, right? I have no idea how to get in it on in bed, but I am confidently I can confidently say uh, I can last quite long. I will admit that I can jack off straight for about 20 minutes without <laughs> spilling my juice. So here it is. This should is I or should I not have sex with Trisha? Ever. 
And if it is a yes, how should I proceed? I plan on going in like a jackhammer. <clears throat> but it being as my first time experience, should I be more passionate? Below is a picture of Trisha. He did put a picture of Trisha below. Can I see? Uh, yeah, sure. I think I've got a... Um, let me find it. It'll be quite evident that it's... There you go. This is Trisha. Yeah, is that, is that her, is it? Yeah. And she, she's she got the caption, back at, back at it again. Hey, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. Like, she is a pretty girl, like, to be fair to him. Okay, I mean, she's 16, so... No, I'm just saying pretty. I never said I wanted to do anything to her. Sure. She's legal, but yeah. I'm not even... In all right. Just sure. before you fucking label as a fucking nonce. Um, again. I mean, if he's if he's terrified... I mean, work, he is a philosopher, first work of all. Your way I don't up want to do it, Mr. Philosopher. Yeah. With a small cock. Yeah. Let us suck you off, mate. I sort of thought that. I sort of thought, yeah, is that just the stuff let you do? you off or something. Suck you off. If, you, if you're gagging for it and you don't want to go the whole hog, let her wank you off. So you're saying... Give her a suck. So you're saying just... Uh, I would say take her out on a date, see what she says, see what, how forward she is. Gauge it. And gauge it. You've, you don't seem to have had that much contact with her, but she is sending you pictures and stuff, so... You know. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day... He is a philosopher, though, so... Me, just... just yeah, and if you do fuck her in the first time round, don't go in, quote-unquote, like a jackhammer. No. If you've got a small cock, you're not jackhammering nothing, mate, unfortunately mm-hmm. for well, you. Well, I mean, you could be, you know, sort of a small hammer. Yeah, mm-hmm. just um, tap, tap, tap Yeah. Um, just take your time. It, if she says, is Warm it her in? up a little bit for fuck's sake as well, because women are always better. They're more receptive to that if you want to make an effort. What you're saying is uh, try and make it a pleasurable sexual experience. Well, yeah, because if you want to do it a few more times, then you want to make sure that she enjoys it a bit. What I would say is through this email, you can tell you've not had sex. Oh, very much so. And that's a good thing. I mean, it's, yeah. Being of an age and being of a time. The way he analyses it, it it sounds like he's... he's Quite the philosopher. No, it sounds like he's sort of pricing a job up. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) He's like, I'm going to need, like if he's painting a room, do you know what I mean? He's like, I'm going to need some... Yeah, yeah, and I'm going to need extra paint that for that wall. We need, a, yeah. yeah, we need a long roller to reach that ceiling yeah, as well because yeah. that's we're going to need some white penises to be able to. No, uh, he, paint that he wall. just doesn't look at life the way I do. He's he really is. Um, he's quite analytic. He's quite the philosopher in many ways. I mean, he wasn't lying. No, so he's philosophical. I don't think that means he's a philosopher. Best of luck, mate. I, I can't even advise this cunt to be honest. Just do crack PPE. on. Yeah, you know, give her a bit of fucking foreplay if you do go there. Sure. I mean, what I would say is, um, take your Roll time. Out the Wait red till carpet. college. Wait till college. Yeah. <laughs> I think he needs someone who understands what a weird little cunt he is. And maybe she and, does. And maybe that's pre- why she likes it. Yeah. Maybe she likes his quirky ways. Yeah. There's yeah. some lads I know who are some of my pals, and I think I, I've got any idea how the women actually take to them. Mm. Weird. Sure. Is that passive or no? No, no okay. I just genuinely mean some of my mates. I just think I don't know how the how women do with yeah, yeah, it's uh, such uh, weird fuckers. And in many ways, at that point, you almost think natural selection should sort of step in, yeah. but it doesn't. It doesn't. No, no. Mate. the sometimes modern world, the, anyone can have kids. Sometimes the worst people who are just the most virile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm one that of should them. be on your gravestone. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, Geordie and guest Lawrence, stop complaining. Spelt L A U R E N S. Three months ago, I got my first Michelin star. I'm 36 and I live in Israel. My restaurant name is Petite, by the way. I love cooking. Cooking, as most chefs call it. But after I got my star, I felt like I had no goal. My Michelin star was all I wanted for 15 years. I left the army wishing it. What do you think I should do? You too, Lawrence. 
Um, He's got his Michelin star now. This is such a weird question. I never thought I'd ever be asked this. Yeah, but he's got a Michelin star. Has he really, though? Probably not. I love cooking. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he sounds like me. I remember when I went to school and I did food technology for a day before you could opt out of it. (laughs) And I I come back to my mum and I went, Mum, I've been cooking. She went, like, like looking at me little stupid face thinking, God, what the hell's he been doing now? She goes, what have you been cooking? I went, coleslaw. Yeah. That's genuinely the answer. And he was 18 at that yeah, point. No, was, yeah, no, he was 11, but yeah. I, I opted in that for the cooking. That was me cooking. Yeah, I opted in for the cooking. I mean, I tiramisu. out. Um, what's your next goal? Uh, How oh, the fuck do I know, mate? I mean, fuck the thing off. is, right, if, I, if you've got off. one Michelin star... With those questions. Try another Michelin star. Yeah, you can get a few of them bastards, can't yeah. you? Yeah, I don't understand. If you're a real cook, which I think they call themselves... Uh, um, then, then you'll cook until you have two stars. What was the, what's that bastard who owns all that property in London called? Who, who's, Gordon Ramsay. No, the other cunt. Jamie Oliver. I uh, I went to one of Jamie Oliver's restaurants the other day. Yeah, it's not. They're not Michelin stars. Yeah, it was. Uh, well, I heard that this cunt's the fucking dog's bollocks. Apparently, I'm sitting down. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Honestly, absolute dog shit that we're serving up in um, my fucking in that place. Wasting my time on this. Anyway, thank thanks again, Jamie, for putting your name on a restaurant. Yeah, selling out. Why don't you go to your local farmer's market? Yeah, great. Have you also got that deal with Sainsbury's, mate? Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) this next one's called Snake. Uh, Hi, lads. So there's this girl I really like, and I think she might like me back. Problem is, she's my ex's ex's best friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one of my best mates also likes her. And she knows. She knows. (laughs) That. But to be honest, he's not very gifted when it comes to looks. Wow. Uh, But you are. So she doesn't like him back. She openly tells people that. (laughs) I love the idea of this girl standing next to me going, I don't like him back. (laughs) Just so everyone knows. Just so everyone's aware. Just so we're clear. Yeah. They're walking, they're sitting at a restaurant table. The person comes over to take their order. I just want you to know, I don't like him back. Anyway, I'll have the coleslaw, the Geordie coleslaw, followed by (laughs) the the chicken wings. Imagine a restaurant owned by me, Geordie's. Geordie's cold Do you know, I shit you not, right? I used to go out with one of my mate's sisters back in the day, right? And um, and she was like, oh yeah, I'm, um, if you imagine a typical Geordie lass, mm-hmm. right? Bleach blonde, fake eyelashes a lot, right? Got a fake tan on and everything. Did that attract you? No, but she was a genuinely good lass. She was a good, had a good crack with her and that, and she was funny. And she goes, um, oh yeah, I'm, um, I'm thinking about going for a bank loan. And I'm like, th- at this point, I'm, I'm working offshore and I'm earning decent money and that. And I'm like, what, what for? Like, Just come to me, she's like, uh, I, I want to start my own business. And that made me best friend, me best mate. Now, our best mate was like, I mean, I, I can't remember her name, but let Chantel, it was something like that, right? And I'm like, you and Chantel want to start a business, all right? You she know. was like, yeah, we're going to open a bar and call it Geordie's. And I'm like... <laughs> she, she goes, she goes, we're going to have all the girls in black and white shirts and all that. And I'm like, oh yeah. And I'm like, do you realise to open a bar, you're going to need a lot of money? And she was like, oh, me and Chantel can be very persuasive when we want to be. <laughs> You're not going to give the bank manager a blowjob yeah. and get 100 grand out of them. You fucking mad cunt. Turns out now she runs uh, Frankie and Benny's, one of the most <laughs> successful... 
Italian restaurants in Britain. Oh, honestly, yeah. honestly, mate, some of the shit people come out with. Yeah. So anyway, I don't that know what I was going with That was the best blowjob ever. Anyway, let's look at this business plan. Um, you guys have, it just doesn't make any she's sense. Like, she's literally saying, like, the Scarface music, push it to the limit. Yeah. <laughs> and she's, like, opening up businesses, and there's the money going... <laughs> <laughs> and she's like opening up another Geordie's like cutting the scissors and there's another home with all the girls in there with the black white shirts up. Geordie's everywhere it's gone global like, now yeah. taking over America it's not only Northeast viral it's gone viral um, so what do I do my name can be anything you want it to be cheers lads so what, um, yeah so his ex-girlfriend's best friend he's interested he's interested in her but she's also dating or his mate is interested in this same person wait, wait how good a mate is he clear that, that's a big deal because if it's like best mates or in in your circle of friends you just stay the fuck away from good her point. you don't want to get involved with her let him do you know let's see what the where the land lies with that just let that go yeah. if you're not that good of friends with him then maybe st- Send her a DM, something like that, and see what what's going on. But if you if you're proper mates with them, you keep the fuck away. Plenty more fish in the sea is what you're saying. Um, I've had a, a private message of um, a fella, okay, um, with a, with a problem. And I've got he, some more good ones after you. Right, I I, I want to do mine because I don't usually get to do these because everyone the, all the emails go through Lawrence yeah. just so everyone. Um, all right, I said the more details we get, the better. So he sent quite a lot. Wow. Um, so we've been um, going out together since the summer of 2014. He was homeless, and then he put in brackets, she wasn't. <laughs> okay. Well, when I'm homeless, I definitely prefer to have a girlfriend who's got a home. Yeah. Ideally. Just a, it's, it's, um, it's a bed at least two nights a week. We fell in love with each other. Used to go out, cinemas, all that good stuff. Never any problems. Had each other's social media passwords. Doesn't seem necessary, but um, obviously. Um, I mean, if you've got nothing to hide. We never used to go on them. Um, still everything's going fine fell in love more uh, I got into some trouble someone nearly stabbed me I don't know how you can nearly stab I guess they try to stab him missed him <gasps> missed him by a, a millimetre mm. um, or a metre so his auntie said we can move in the, um, up up her Wales um, I imagine that's in Wales um, we went up there <laughs> we can move up her Wales up her Wales um, I don't know she's forward I don't know if this is like yeah, Pinocchio when he lives in inside in a whale. A whale. <laughs> um, went up there to live with her and her boyfriend. That was in September. Fell in love even more. He said fell in love a few times. Yeah, so I'm I'm guessing they're very much in love. Mm, deeper and um, deeper in love. Had loads of fun together. Spent loads of time together. All right, we get it. Yeah. Um, really happy. Filled the house with furniture. This is just a story at the moment. Oh. Filled the house with furniture. Fuck off. I mean, when you've been homeless, though, that's a pretty big deal. To yeah, be fair. No, good point, yeah. Dap Alas can tell we all about the homeless. Yeah. Um, he told her last week. And things started to decline, basically, once they got settled. Wasn't really romantic. Wasn't just having sex for the sake of it. Never really went out. And basically, first things where I started to get suspicious is where my really good girl mate that I've known for ages said that her mum seen her and her sister at a party with boys all up on them. So his girlfriends went out and she's been clocked at a party with boys. Them two had a massive argument and I obviously sided with my girlfriend. Hmm. Maybe maybe a girl mate was trying to do you a favour. A week or so later, I was taking a shit and I was scrolling through her... Didn't need to put that in there. Scrolling through Snapchat um, and I see messages between her and a boy, like sexual messages. But the thing is, she doesn't go out anywhere together and 
each other's company all the time. And oh, it's role play. Mm. Um, but anyway, <sighs> God, da, 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 da. He's, she's found, he's found more sexual messages and she'd promised that she wouldn't. And I've kicked her out the house now. And I've Ironically, got to move back to my auntie's, but I miss he her. He made her homeless. I've missed her and I don't know what to do. So basically right. she's been sect- sexting and she's been to parties with boys and she's been caught out. Lawrence, what does he do? This is a great question. Um, I think he needs to move on. Yeah. Yeah. She's been sexting in other guys. It's very clear at this point. I think w- when trust is broken like that, it's very difficult um, to retrieve a relationship from that point. Uh, so just move on. Uh, to be honest, and I know this is sexist, but I kind of, when men do it, it's, it, and I don't mean when men fuck women. Right. I think there's a line, but. Sure? When men sex women, it's sort of a little bit like sometimes as a bloke, you'll be about to have a wank and you sort of, you're not really thinking straight and you do things that maybe you wouldn't do if you'd had a wank and you were clear of mind. Sometimes wow. that's a really, that's an interesting point. Yeah. No, like just it, it's some for men, sometimes sex in a woman is like a, vi- a version of porn. We don't actually want to go and fuck them. We're just sort of wanting someone to actually talk back to us for a change and, and, and feed into that. Why, but then surely your part, if you have a good partner, or you have a good relationship with that partner then no but it's it's like anything like don't get it oh why go out for burgers when you can have steak at home sometimes you get bored of steak sometimes steak becomes a bit too steaky and sometimes you fancy a good old fashioned juicy greasy cheeseburger with fries and extra ketchup and but all then, of that so it, it does sound a bit like you're sort of excusing I'm not excusing it I'm yeah. saying I can kind of understand how providing you don't actually think about going through with it usually with a man if he's just sexting it's just it's it's almost like a version of porn in his head whereas think- with women because women aren't as sexually driven as men are on the whole usually there's a bigger reason for it with women if a woman's doing it i'm a bit more shocked by it than i am with a bloke I think in some, to some extent it's just more normalised that uh, these things are the way they are. So I, I see what you're saying. So, so for example, if a man, he's getting a bit horny, he's sexing a girl, he strokes one out, he, he fucking comes, and then he, he looks at his phone, deletes the messages, and then doesn't think about it for the sure. rest of the day. That can happen. I mean, obviously I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> but, for fuck's sake. But with women... Women aren't just going to have a rub one out and then not think about the guy. Like well, women men. are more emotionally attached to sex than what men are. Right. So it's very r- unusual that a woman would just close her phone and not text the guy after rubbing one out. It, there's usually more to it, in my opinion, when a woman does it. I mean, I think it's, it's a case by case basis. The, the bottom line is that maybe I'm if, generalizing. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. But, but, but generally, also, if if you have a reason to go to someone else in the relationship, then it probably shows that your your monog. If you want. If your goal is a monogamous relationship and you feel like you have to go with someone else, then it's probably showing there's issues in your other relationship. You're taking a choice, which is to essentially not address those issues and to go down the other route of uh, of, of essentially trying to start a new relationship. A tidy way to do it would be break one off and go on to the next one. But that's not always possible because maybe you're living with a person, maybe you're married with them. I'm not saying that's what I would do, but I would say what he needs to do now and a good piece of advice is move on from this person because it's clear she doesn't want to be in a relationship with you. And now, even though you may be think you want to be in a relationship with her the fact is i think maybe what you want is a relationship all right not not that relationship just any relationship do you want to do one more dude yeah i've kind of got uh let me just check is there a funny one uh oh well uh edinburgh yeah this one's good uh it's called after a breakup uh i won't bore you with compliments good 
uh, although it does help. Good, because I'm fucking sick of them. I'll just get straight to it. <laughs> I love it when someone does that. I won't bore you with compliments. I'll just get straight to it. Okay, so uh, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in year ten. Uh, you can give me a name of your choosing. Callum. Cool. Good. Uh, and me and my girlfriend recently broke up. I'm okay with this. So you'll be about 15, 14 if he's in year 10. As it was more hassle to have a girlfriend than not. But, but, really liked her. The problem is she's in all my classes. So I see her all the time and she's been acting happily and flirting with boys. Mm. I know that she took the breakup hard. Clearly she's flirting with other men now and looks happy. Is still hurt by it. Clearly she's flirting with other men. But maybe that's why she's doing all that. She might be doing it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yet she continues to act like this. Another thing is, the boys she's flirting with are some mates of mine. Hmm, maybe assess that. They're <laughs> loving it, but I don't know if they actually like her or uh, they just want to be her with her as a friend. My question is, how do I act when they do this? And how do I move on? Ba-bam. How But if he's, if he's genuinely fit and done with her, you got to let it go, mate. You got to. Doesn't matter what she does, whether she's flirting with boys, whatever she's doing. You need to not concern yourself with that anymore. The best way you can act right now is to be the bigger man. Move on and be the person who sort be of goes aloof. Yeah. Be, well, just be cool. Be like the wind. Yeah. Mm, what? Be like a leaf blowing in the wind. Right. A leaf or a leaf. However things go, just sure. <laughs> be water. Be, be like water. Be like water. Be like fire. Bruce Lee said it best. Warm those around you. Be like warm. If, be like so. If lads are flirting with your ex girlfriend in front of 80%. you, they're not your mates. Yeah, just the newsflash. Oh, Definitely all, not. The point is also they're fifteen, and some of these guys aren't going to know the lines of boundaries of friendship. But you let them know, and if they keep doing it, then they're obviously wanting to fuck her, and they don't give a fuck about you. So all you need to do this is a very sort of general scenario, and I think it's quite easy. So when you see a guy flirting and you know the guy and he's supposed to be a friend of yours and you'll see them flirting and you'll just sort of, you'll wonder over it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Sorry, can we just have a quick... Uh, you fucking talk to her again. I'll smash your face in. Yes. That's actually what I was going to say. So it's kind of stolen <laughs> it's funny my... you say that, Gary. Actually, we should uh, chat to her again anyway. Uh, yeah, cool. Okay, great. Now, well, I'll see you around, mate. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Great, yeah. And then you just wander away, just sort of cool My first shit. school fight was over a girl yeah. when I was eight years old. Really? I had a girlfriend and one of my, I found out one of my friends had kissed her or whatever or something like that. And I Your honour. Literally <laughs> belted him so hard in the nose and his fucking nose was just flattened. Yeah. <laughs> fucking blood all over me knuckles and yeah. that. Um, I'm an eight-year-old. I don't look like this at eight years. I didn't hit an eight-year-old as I am now. Were just you when quick I'm, as a child? Um, I wasn't. I wasn't slow. I was quite slender though as a kid. Like people would be surprised. I was like tall and broad, but there was nothing on us. Yeah, you could see me rib cage. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm now. Uh, it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> so Does the headmaster drags us in, and he's like, "No, you apologise to that boy right now." And I was yeah. sorry, mate. And I, you're I, standing there going, "Yeah, apologise to me. You had to go. You had to go, my girl." <laughs> you're standing there. Well, yeah, that's sometimes the best best bet. But yeah, I'm if as you quick as a just, child, just let it go. But quick, just let it go. Yeah. Um, and although if you're in the same class, just try and be the bigger guy is what I'd say. Try Always keep that in your mind. Be the bigger person. Mm. Focus on your studies. All right. Um, and enjoy yourself. If you've enjoyed this podcast, Which you won't have. Make sure you hit the like button and right. also let us know in the comments below. 
some non-YouTube guests we could get on, because everyone suggests the YouTube as, and that's good, we've had loads, but I do want to expand, broaden my horizons, I want to learn things. Anywhere, from anywhere Any, as well. Exactly, anywhere, any weird, random things, let us know. Don't forget to stay subscribed, thanks for watching, and we'll see you later.